This spring, you need nutritious, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, active days and to keep you on track reaching your goals. You don't want to be waiting around for food delivery or cooking when you can be out biking, hiking, playing tennis like me, playing pickleball. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then get back to the outside and soak up the warmer weather. Looking for calorie-conscious options this spring? Try delicious, dietitian-approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Because of the nutrient density of Factor's meals, you'll feel full and you'll have energy. You can pick vegan options, veggie options, keto, calorie smart, protein plus, many different options. You customize what gets delivered to your front door. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. There's also a bunch of add-ons such as smoothies and desserts and delicious side dishes. Do you want to cut back on takeout and put better food, frankly, in your body? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable energy for their production sites, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So head to factormeals.com slash wade50. That's factormeals.com slash 50 and use code wade50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code WADE50 at factormeals.com slash WADE50 to get 50% off your first box. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for Wade's interview with one of Pro Wrestling's newsmakers. Ten years ago this week, Bruce Mitchell joined me for a lengthy interview, two hours plus, with Nikita Koloff, a former main event wrestler for Jim Crockett Promotions. He uh, moved on to the AWA after that and has been in a lot of different places. He was a major figure in the careers of Magnum TA and Dusty Rhodes, and he and Ivan Koloff and Krusha Khrushchev were top opponents of the Road Warriors in the 1980s, and he was a really good guest on this program. In this interview, the Minnesota native named Scott tells a funny story about how he dealt with a fan who he met who actually spoke Russian and approached him outside of the ring and how he tried to protect his gimmick. Also, we had live calls for the first hour, and then the second hour was previously VIP exclusive with VIP member email questions on a lot of topics, such as what it was like working with Ric Flair, if you know how special the Best of Seven series was for the U.S. title with Magnum TA that started the whole Best of Seven series craze. He also talked about steroid use, his turn to religion after his wrestling career, why Vader apologized to him the previous year, and more. So let's get to it. This originally live streamed on April 19th, 2013, and it's today's Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast Interview Classic for Saturday, April 22nd, 2023. Welcome to the PW Torch Livecast. I am Wade Keller, editor and publisher of the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter since 1987 and pwtorch.com since 1999, and also now PW Torch apps on every major smartphone, including iPhone, Amazon Kindle Fire, all Android devices, and Windows phones, and now, for over three years, host of the PW Torch Livecast here at the Blog Talk Radio Network. You can find us at 
pwtorchlivecast.com. We are uh, uh, here on Friday, April 19th. 2013, and because it is Friday, it is Interview Friday. I'm going to hit uh, one or two quick in-house notes, and then I'll move to introductions. Uh, one note is that uh, tomorrow night in Philadelphia, 23-year uh, uh, Torch columnist Bruce Mitchell will be on a panel discussion following the premiere of showing of the documentary Barbed Wire City, the unofficial uh, ECW documentary, the unauthorized story of ECW. He will be on a panel discussion after the screening of that movie in Philadelphia tomorrow. I do have Bruce Mitchell with me, and I want to just take 20 seconds, Bruce, for you to give a quick plug for that, what's happening uh, at that as far as that goes tomorrow, so if people are in the area uh, or want to find it online, how they can do so. Barbar City, John Philip Havage's uh, 13 years in the making documentary about, um, about e extreme championship wrestling, the rise and fall, and all the rest of the things that go along with it. Um, an excellent documentary uh, will be premiered at, ironically enough, the, ECW, the old ECW arena. Um, I, I don't know exactly which uh, ECW alumni wrestlers are going, going to be there, but it ought to be a very, some journalists will be there, and I'll be there. Extremely interesting time, and um, it's something to see. If you're in the Philadelphia area, you're a VIP member, or, um, or you're a live cast listener, um, I'd, I'd love to meet you and come out and see. I, I think your, your time would be well spent, if you, particularly if you uh, remember that, that time in wrestling. But um, Travis Bryant and I will be together. Um, in person, the co-host of the Monday Livecast with me uh, for the first time ever. So that's, that's big news, too. So I'm looking forward to this. That is great. And I will note that details can be found at the website barbedwirecity.com. That has details on the documentary. I am in the documentary. Bruce, you are in the documentary. Uh, a co-host on this show on Tuesdays, Jason Powell of ProWrestling.net, is in the documentary. A lot of uh, vintage covers of the torch over the years uh, were authorized to be used in the documentary to help them tell the story of that promotion. Bruce, you have seen it. I have it in my hands uh, and is sitting in front of me on my desk, and I'll be uh, trying to watch it tonight. And so I will uh, be doing a Keller hotline on that. So with that uh, covered, I want to introduce a very special guest that Bruce Mitchell uh, is excited to have on, as am I. Uh, Bruce will be co-hosting with me today uh, in part because he knows this, our guest's career uh, inside and out and is a great, uh, great person to help me do the interview. Nikita Koloff is today's guest, uh, top star of the uh, mid to late 1980s in Jim Crockett promotions and then also um, a, a big, uh, big name wrestler throughout much of the 1990s. Uh, Nikita Koloff, welcome to the show. Thanks for bearing with us during our introduction there. Comrades, great to be with you. I'm curious, what, what's an unauthorized story? What's that look like? <laughs> uh, Bruce, you've seen it. Um, it it's, uh, I, I think compared to, compared to the authorized story that uh, World Wrestling Entertainment <laughs> put out, um, it, might be a little it might be a little closer to the truth, but um, uh -huh. unauthorized. Okay, okay, I'm with you now. That's what that I, I just found that fascinating. Un the, the unauthorized story, I like it. Great to be with you guys tonight. Great to have you there. Actually, I meant to mention, too, for all listeners who are interested in the story of ECW, on PWTorch.com and on the PWTorch app right now, uh, at the very top of the main listing are two articles, one by Bruce Mitchell, uh, written shortly after the Eric Coolis, uh, uh New Jack incident in Revere, Massachusetts. That is a big controversy. It is brought up in this documentary. 
his initial column on that is published uh, now, republished, for the fir- for, I think, for the first time on the free website. It's always been in the VIP archives. And following that, and this has to do with, uh, Nikita, you mentioning unauthorized, and what does that mean? My article that I wrote in uh, 2006, following the release of the official ECW book by WWE, that had Paul Heyman quotes in it uh, regarding the torch's role in the ECW clearance on pay-per-view being delayed, being postponed and due to controversy, um, the authorized version of the ECW story is uh, ripe with inaccuracies, and there is an in-depth article that I'm very proud of, uh, and it's very well documented, that clears up uh, some long-running misconceptions about the torture's role in that situation. I very much encourage our listeners to check that out. It's a, it's a fascinating story if, if you're interested in just Paul Heyman's days as a promoter. Um, but anyway, I, I don't want to dwell on there too much because we have uh, our, our time with Nikita Koloff, and I want to uh, – Absolutely. No, definitely. Um, uh, Nikita Koloff is, uh, and I should mention too, Nikita, that I am from uh, Minnesota, and I know you have uh, uh, some connections. Nice. To, uh, Ma- from Moscow, Minnesota? Or we're, from, we're, we're in Minnesota. Uh, Bloomington. Bloomington. I, I like it. I know right where you were at. Home of Mall of America and uh, the mm-hmm. Kennedy Eagles and nothing else. All right. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, from one native to the other, uh, good evening. Absolutely. Good evening. Um, I, I do want to get the phone numbers out, uh, but I do want to, I, I have a, a ground rule here for uh, callers. Um, Nikita Koloff is not wrestling on top today. He's from the past. Uh, it, it scares me, Nikita, to say that because I'm not, you know, to talk about the 80s and early 90s being the part of the past is kind of scary, but it is. So if you're calling the show just to hear your voice, um, and Nikita, I'm, I, by the way, I have a reputation for being too nice to callers. So when I'm done with my little spiel here, don't think I'm really mean and, and all that, because I'm not. But I do want to lay the ground. Sure. If you're calling the show just to hear your own voice and to say, what's your favorite match? Don't do that. We're, we're, we want to we hear from people who, who know Nikita's career and have a genuine interest and aren't just calling with a generic question to hear your voice. And I'm directing this at two or three regulars. So um, if you know Nikita's career, we absolutely want you to ask a question, and we're going to go to calls. But uh, if you, uh, frankly, if you just kind of call up just to hear your own voice and ask a very generic question, um, that w- your phone number will be duly noted when it comes to taking your calls on future shows. Bruce, did I do okay there? Fine, just fine. Okay, good. Um, all right, uh, Nikita Koloff, uh, for those who do not know, in fact, Bruce, you're probably a better person uh, than even I am, so why don't I've talked enough here at the beginning. G- give a brief introduction about Nikita Koloff, including, and you talked about him on Monday's livecast, but talk about what a, uh, for those who are not familiar with late 80s wrestling, uh, what a big star he was. I've talked all week on the VIP audio shows about Nikita being, uh, the, the most credible opponent for the Road Warriors when the Road Warriors were really hot, and obviously very well known for the uh, best of seven U.S. title series with Megan T.A. Put a little perspective on, on, on Nikita's career before we get into questions for him. Well, Nikita Koloff is one of those wrestlers you can look at and say he started pretty much at the top of the promotion. And, um, Nikita, you had such a great look, you know, uh, that, that muscle-bound look that was very much um, – you almost looked like the third – you know, the third Road Warrior. And, of course, you knew the Road Warriors before you got into wrestling and you were friends with, you know, close friends with Animal. But you had a – you really fit not only that look, but the the Russian archetype that Ivan Koloff had built and, um, and, and stepped right in there. And it was one of those things in wrestling where I just – I really thought that they did a great job of accentuating what made you look like – for want of a better word, a badass, and 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 hiding the things you know the, the inexperience, and um, 
you started off real. I mean, in your first, he started off in, in his first year headlining the first Great American Bash with Ric Flair in front of 30,000 people in Charlotte at an outdoor stadium. I mean, and there's not very many rookie wrestlers you can point to who who pulled that off and, and did a great job in the hyping, did a, did a good job during the match. I mean, that was a very important part of it. And Wade was right. I mean, the one the Road Warriors were national stars by the time Ivan and Nikita Koloff and, and Don Cronodal and, and, and um, Crusher Khrushchev got involved. But um, the, I can remember down here in the southeast, in the mid-Atlantic area, the Jim Crockett promotion home area, the match that people got really excited about was the idea that the Road Warriors are going to come in and wrestle the Coloss. And that was that was a big interest. That was a big, you know, a big deal. But um, then there's the, you know, Nikita Koloff right from the top, the U.S. champion, and um, going into going into what happened to Magnum TA. There's a lot to talk about, I think. I mean, I think a very, you know, a strong career and one that ended, one that you didn't stick around all that much. And, Wade, I do want to, like, twist this. I know, I know Nikita's here for um, to um, talk about what he's doing now. And um, I, was t- I told some teachers at my job what I was going to do this afternoon, and these were not wrestling fans, and they knew. Two or three of them said, "Oh, I watch, I, I watch the reality show that he's involved with." So, oh, good. So, um, the preacher's wa- preacher's daughter. Uh, preacher's daughter. So, yep. um, I, I want to like segue and, and give Nikita a chance to talk about that right now. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan shocked the world and formed the New World Order? Or when Stone Cold Steve Austin passed down in the sharpshooter to Bret the Hitman Hart? I'm Torch contributor Frank Pettiani, and I've reviewed these shows and many more for my exclusive VIP podcast, Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back 10, 20, even 30 years, review pay-per-views from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what took place then to what is taking place now. You get exclusive access to these and other podcasts as part of your PW Torch VIP membership, which is compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. Visit pwtorch.com slash govip for details and sign up for them. Yeah, so Nikita, talk about uh, talk about this project that you're involved in. It is uh, the, the reason you're on the show isn't. It, I mean, we want to have you on to talk about your wrestling career for sure, and it's it's great to have you on and and uh, add you to the list of of uh, my bucket list of people that I that I've wanted to interview. So that's fantastic. But yeah, let's definitely talk about what you're uh, what you're up to these days and uh, the preacher's daughter project or the preacher's daughter. Well, uh, certainly uh, I appreciate it, guys, and, and it's uh, kind of fun for me to come full circle. You might say. Uh, you know, in, in the years removed from, from television and from the wrestling community, uh, as far as being out in front and center of the wrestling community, you know, and, and active in the wrestling business, and now to come full circle back around, back into the arts and entertainment, the media, uh, television industry, through a reality show called Preacher's Daughters, the, the show, of course, for those who aren't familiar with it. It centers around my youngest daughter, Colby, although the entire family, the, the, it seems like America has become intrigued by the entire family. I have four <laughs> beautiful daughters, a beautiful granddaughter. Uh, Colby's the youngest. Uh, she's kind of the, the centerpiece. And then Kendra, Tawny, Taryn, and then Salem, our granddaughter. Uh, 
and their mother, Victoria. The show kind of revolves around that. And then two other families, the Coleman family up in Joliet, Illinois, uh, and then the Perry family out in Oceana, California. And so it's just really uh, the formatted to bring a, a realistic look at the lives of ministers, of which I am now an ordained minister, travel the globe, you know, just sharing the, my, my life-changing transformation uh, after having left wrestling, surrendering my heart and my life to, to Christ and becoming a Christ follower. And, and so it revolves around the life of a minister and more specifically the life of a, of a daughter, a teenage daughter, who is a minister's child and, and what that life is like. And hopefully through this, uh, this reality show, we're going to show people that, A, that uh, even though we're in the ministry, we don't lead perfect lives, that we face all the same trials, tribulations, and temptations that anybody else does, uh, have some of the same struggles, um, be it uh, when people tune into the show, they'll see teen pregnancy, you know, marry you know, uh, children out of wedlock, they'll, they'll see um, just lots of different issues, you know, the, the, the issue of drugs and alcohol and and, and dating and, and getting a driver's license for the first time and just all of those sorts of things, uh, real-life stuff, and then how we deal with it, how we deal with it as a, as a faith-based family, um, you know, with that, with that uh, the gospel, uh, our relationship with Christ as a foundation and how we deal with it. And so we've got a lot of tremendous uh, positive feedback already, um, I have from people who stopped me and said, hey, I've got daughters, and I've never done a daddy-daughter date and been inspired by what I saw you do on the show, and now I'm having daddy-daughter dates. And we're getting incredible feedback on how parents and, and families are watching this show together, and it's creating conversation. It's creating dialogue. Uh, um, Victoria is a, a sex educator, and so she takes a – a biblical approach to sex education, and it's creating a lot of controversy, but at the same time, a lot of conversation. Um, I had I had one person, for example, my friend Lex Luger was sharing with me how some of his friends were saying, you know, I wish, I wish I could have talked openly with my parents when I was growing up, you know, about sex. And so we're trying to really cover a lot of bases on this show, and and getting a lot of positive feedback, but at the same time, it's uh, in the religious community. It's created a lot of a lot of rhetoric as well. What what is it? I know that I, in some of the reviews I've read, there's been a little bit of controversy just about the the fact that you deal frankly with uh, sex, the sexuality of some of the daughters in the show. Is it, how is that? How has opening up, like you say, our lives are like just anybody else's. We deal with all the same things. How has some of the, I mean, putting yourself out there, including your family, on a reality show has to be different than putting yourself on television as a grown man, as a wrestler. How, has, how have you dealt in these early weeks with, uh, with, with some of that perhaps criticism or, or people questioning whether you should be putting yourself and your family out there like this? Well, we 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 we've become we have indeed become transparent and and quite honestly very vulnerable, uh, no yeah. doubt, to to put ourselves into the public eye as a family. And you're exactly right. Big big difference between wrestling in a wrestling ring and entertaining people for a living, and then saying, hey, here's our family and here's real life. Here's what we deal with. 
And uh, I knew going into it, and I, I tried to warn the family that, uh, hey, we're, we're, we're probably going to take a lot of shots. Uh, and quite honestly, I knew going in that the biggest critic would be the, the religious community. And I use that term uh, loosely when I say the religious community because, and here's how I feel about it, um, there's a tendency within uh, the religious community to portray this if you will, perfect Pollyanna world or perfect Pollyanna life that everything's just a, a bed of roses and and, and uh, our life is just smooth sailing when we know, in fact, it's not. It really isn't. I mean, there isn't any of us who don't aren't challenged in this life in one way, shape, or form. And so, and so I knew going in, and, of course, the, the religious community is – proved me to be true, and, and, and it's okay. I have what I call rhinoceros skin. I have <laughs> thick skin, and I've tried to uh, instill that in my children, uh, our family, to understand, hey, they're going to take some shots. It's okay. They're not going to like the fact that we're, uh, uh, you might say, uh, ex- ex- exposing them by saying, hey, we, we don't have a perfect life. We love the Lord, but that doesn't mean we have a perfect life. And and so it's you know you're you're being exposed to the fact that neither do you and and uh, and they don't like it but but the positive things we're hearing far outweigh any of the negative rhetoric big time uh, very good uh, by the way the shows are available to watch uh, on Lifetime Network and also online at the Lifetime website I believe that I think the first six episodes the complete episodes are 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 available so if you want to catch up on the show and then start uh, watching it thereafter it airs uh, Tuesday nights at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern 9 central yeah absolutely and uh, and, and again uh, you know we're, we're we're just so excited uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged uh, very encouraged Bruce by you saying that some of the folks that you were working with, you know, were more familiar with Preacher's Daughters than they were with Nikita Koloff, the wrestler. And uh, for me personally, I, you know, that's encouraging. I, and I know we're going to transition shortly here into into the wrestling career and, and aspect. And, and, and really, I, I'm doing what I'm doing today. And, and by that, I mean traveling the world and ministering the gospel and sharing, you know, my life-changing story uh, because of because of wrestling, wrestling, uh, you know, my life centered around the wrestling industry and the wrestling business, and it has given me uh, an amazing platform. Uh, and an hour or two tonight wouldn't even be enough time to share some of the amazing stories I've heard uh, as people have shared with me. Uh, their own story. Everybody's got a story. Let you know. The reality is, everybody's got a story, and um, so my story is related to a lot of people over the years, and certainly uh, moving forward, this wrestling platform that I had been given uh, a very unique career, of which I will talk about, but. Um, it has catapulted me back, one, into television, but secondly, taken me to over 25 different countries now um, and in front of audiences as big as 70,000-plus and uh, audiences as little as an audience of one and, and just sharing my faith 
and sharing what, what Jesus Christ has done in my life. So, guys, I, I'm living the dream, and I'm absolutely loving the journey and just honored to be with here with you tonight, uh, Bruce and Wade. Uh, very good. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Let me ask one more question, then I'll, I'll throw to uh, uh, Bruce after that. But do you think being a professional wrestler, uh, had you not been a professional wrestler, your life would have p- been taken a very different path? In other words, what about your professional wrestling career may have uh, defined and steered you to uh, your life uh, with the church ever since? Well, what a, that's a great question. Uh, it really is, because I can look back. One of the books I wrote called Breaking the Chains, uh, I've wrote several now, Breaking the Chains, is the original one. Wrestling with Success was my second one. And the most recent is my really my life story called Nikita, A Tale of the Ring and Redemption. And I cover this, that, that point in a couple of the books, maybe all three of them. But there's no doubt in my mind, all of us can look back on our life's journey and, and, and see what I believe, what I call anyway, defining moments, things that happened in our life that define who we are today, whether it's choices we made or, or, and or a set of circumstances that we found ourselves in. And just very briefly, for me, I look back on my life. I look back on I was passionate about football at a very young age. Uh, you know, I say dream big dreams because little dreams have no magic. And so I had a big dream of playing in the NFL and that was what I ate, slept, and breathed football and weightlifting and, and went to college, played college ball, was scouted by the NFL. But along that journey, uh, I had a mishap my freshman year and my senior year where I fractured my leg like, like a Joe Theismann fracture for the football fans or the, the recent March Madness, the young, the young man that broke his leg in the March Madness game. Yeah. Uh, boy, I could identify with that because I did it not only once, I did it twice. I broke my right leg my freshman year, came back, and was fortunate to play three more years of college football only to break my left leg my senior year, and uh, which was a real setback temporarily. But I was still focused on the NFL when the door of opportunity opened up for wrestling, and I walked through that door. And, of course, as we're going to talk about tonight, the old cliche, the rest is history. But here's my point. If I hadn't broke my leg, I'm confident I would have played in the NFL, 
been been uh, hidden under a helmet, never would have had the, the notoriety, the worldwide notoriety and, quote, fame that I achieved in wrestling, and therefore never would have had the platform that I have today here 20 years later where people – I had a guy stop me to well, – he called me today. He's down from Ohio, and he said, can I meet you somewhere just for a few minutes? I said, sure. So he pops in. We meet at the, we meet at the coffee house. He pulls out two pristine wrestling magazines, one with Dusty and I on the cover from the winning the Crockett Cup, and another one promoting my match against Ric Flair and the Great American Bash. He said, man, we'd be so honored if you'd sign these for me. Guys, I'm 20 years removed from wrestling, and, and people are still seeking an autograph. I want to tell you, that's pretty humbling. And if I had been in pro football, I, 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 that, that just wouldn't have happened. I know it wouldn't have. Great question, Wade. Uh, Bruce, go ahead. Yeah, uh, to take you to your wrestling career, um, you, you came out. Uh, I'm interested in how you prepared to be a Russian, and I'm interested in um, who, um, how you were acclimated to, to just come into this wrestling world that you weren't, you know, a huge fan of, that you weren't a huge fan of coming in, and who helped you, and and how you decided those things, and and kind of a, a question, a, a sub question of that. that I've wondered for 30 years, what does Jatoa Ta mean? Maybe I'm not saying it correctly, but I always thought I loved that. That was always tremendous, particularly in the beginning. But and, and Nikita, before Nikita, Nikita, before you answer the question, I just want to say your English is a lot better than it was in the mid '80s. Way good English tutoring. <laughs> oh yeah, that that and the fact that I'm from Minnesota, not from Moscow. Uh, that that sorry, might have a little bit of it. Yeah, I just burst somebody's bubble. Sorry, I'm sorry for <laughs> out there. Uh, yes, I'm not really from Russia. That's why my English is so good. Uh, and uh, it directed to the question, Shatolata, you know, it, it was uh, something I just uh, developed. Uh, it was kind of an expression that I developed, like, a, you know, depending on what was going on, the set of circumstances to, you know, kind of like, what, what is this? Shatolata, what is this? What's going on here? You know, kind of. Kind of that kind of mindset. Now, was it Russian right? or was it something you thought sounded Russian and it worked just fine? No, no, it's a Russian word, uh, and I can today tell you the, the, the exact definition of it. But uh, um, and, and to finish out the question, it's a very unique story, and obviously, uh, I'll, the Cliff Note version. And for those listening. Go, go buy the book. Go buy Nikita, A Tale of the Ring of Redemption. You'll get the whole story and or get some more of the story on NikitaKoloff.com. But if you want the full story, go get A Tale of the Ring of Redemption. Get off Amazon or wherever else. But uh, it's, a, it's a unique story in the sense that uh, I, I didn't go through a training camp, although there are stories floating around there that I did. I had no training whatsoever, no professional training no amateur training whatsoever. I told Jim Crockett in a five-minute phone call, sight unseen, those very things. Mr. Crockett, you realize I've never been in the ring. I've never hit a ring rope. I have no amateur background. And sight unseen, he said, well, be in my office on this day and with your head shaved. That was literally our conversation. The day I showed up on his office, the day he said to be there in Charlotte, North Carolina, I'd never been, loaded up everything I owned in my name, 
uh, up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, drove to a city I'd never been, walked into an office in the day he said to be there and the time he said, took one look at me, walked out, walked back in with two guys. He said, this is Ivan Kolop, Don Canoto, the world tag team champions. Meet your new partner. They were doing interviews that day. Literally that day, put me on the interview set for about four or five hours. Talk about taking a roll of the dice by Crockett, because in those days, they actually did the interviews before they did the television taping and then just inserted the interviews into the taping. So talk about taking a roll of, a roll of the dice on Crockett's part. And, and then when we finished the next night, he said, be in Raleigh, North Carolina, you're going to wrestle on television. I've never even been in a ring, and wow. I'm going to wrestle on television. Okay? And so we get to Raleigh. He had a little couple second thoughts, but I haven't talked to him and let me get in the ring. Eleven seconds later, I had my first win in professional wrestling on television in front of a sold-out crowd, and that was that was my introduction to pro wrestling. I mean, that is that is so different from the way things are done today, and that's, that's such an amazing story when when you think about it. But I mean, they they had a place for you um, to go, but now uh, wrestlers wrestlers work for years and years on the independent scene, then hope to get signed by WD Developmental, and then they may spend years more um, working, you know, working the developmental. The idea that anyone would walk in to a ring and get, you know, get, and get a promotional hype um, from the beginning before they'd ever had a match, I mean, and that it would work is, a, is an amazing, that's an amazing story. Well, how it's, it's, it's insane, isn't it? Don Trudeau yeah. said, it's insane we did that to you. They're not just a sponsor, I am a customer of Factor Home Delivery Meals. Go to factormeals.com slash wade50 to get 50% off your first box of chef-prepared meals, never frozen, but there's no prep work. Just pop them in the microwave and three minutes later you have a meal. No tip, no waiting for delivery, no greasy food. Great ingredients, great flavor, great selection for all kinds of diets. Highly recommended, go check it out, factormeals.com slash wade50. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. And Nikita, how, how were you greeted in the locker room? I mean, I know you had uh, Minnesota Connections, uh, Rotor Animal especially. Uh, and, I mean, obviously Robbinsdale was a place where so many that, – that area was a place where so many wrestlers came from. Um, but how intimidating was it, and did you face any locker room backlash for being – so green and, and being brought in when a lot of people who were in that locker room went through what Bruce Mitchell just described, uh, years and years of training. I mean, that, that, not, not that you asked for it, but that's what you walked into. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, great, great question because uh, if, needless to say, there was certainly, uh, there, there was certainly what, what transpired. Now, keep in mind, no, nobody knew me from Adam that, uh, you know, that first day or two other than Jim Crockett or, you know, uh, um, and the Who's Who of Wrestling was there. And it's funny because I didn't even know half of them. 
uh, King Kong Bundy and Stan Hansen, all these guys. And I'm like, yeah, nice to meet you. <laughs> and, uh, and so really nobody really knew my story at first. Now, what, what did happen, though, as the story began to unfold, and then guys like you're talking about who were trying to even get a break after five, six, seven, eight years, uh, then needless to say, uh, there, were, there was, without a doubt, levels of animosity, uh, none of which uh, I asked for, as you said, but nevertheless was, was just naturally there. Now, I, and Ivan was so gracious in covering it. And by the way, Ivan and Don, for the next couple months, I had what I call on-the-job training, where Don and Ivan and I would get to the ring early, get to the arena before anyone would get there. And they would bump all over the ring for me, man. They were so they were amazing, <laughs> and uh, they would teach me the psychology of the business, etc. I'd study the Russian language, drive up and down the roads, and practice it a little bit, and learn to sign my name in Russian. And so along along the next several months, um, Ivan would would cover it by saying to me, "You know what? Maybe you didn't pay your dues in the wrestling business or in a training camp." But no doubt, by the looks of you, you paid your dues in the weight room and, and in other ways. And so don't let any of that bother you. You just keep doing what we tell you to do, and you're gonna, you're, you'll do well. What, what did you find uh, uh, most surprising about professional wrestling in that you didn't have a lot of time to acclimate yourself to it? You get dropped into this world, and very quickly, you, I mean, you were immersed as a major player um, in in against top wrestlers what what most surprised you about this quirky weird wrestling industry uh as far as you remember well i mean it's kind of it was just really kind of a whirlwind i mean of sorts i mean uh yeah it it i mean there wasn't a whole lot of time back that there wasn't a whole lot of time to think about it be honest with you back then because because uh, we were working every night you know uh, and when i say every night i mean every night i mean we were driving somewhere you know covering about 2,000, 2,500 miles uh, every week, uh, wrestling in a town every night. And, and sometimes, I mean, 1986, I had 454 matches. I mean, hello. Um, you know, you want to talk about uh, talk about putting yourself out there. And, and so really it was just, it was just part of the grind. It's just what we did. And so I didn't give a ton of thought to it. I mean, we just, it was just what I was doing and, 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 I will say, though, you know, initially I'm like, hey, I don't know where this will go, but once I saw it take off, I mean, you just said it. You talked about the great, first ever Great American Bash. I mean, in, in, in 13 months in the business, uh, I'm, I'm blessed to be the world tag team champion, the world six-man champion, and wrestle Rick Flair, Rick Flair in front of 30,000 people for the world heavyweight title. How did that happen? Yeah, I mean, were you nervous about that? I mean, when you walked out, 30,000 people, I mean, there were, Crockett Promotions was doing well at that point. Yeah, there was, a, you know, a great a great talent base there. But the idea to walk out and do that, was it just another night, or did you just go, wow, what, what's going on? Or, or what was your emotional reaction to, to that crowd? Um, yeah, I mean, I, shoot, I, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say I wasn't nervous. Uh, I mean, I don't, who wouldn't be, I mean, in that position, of course. Um, you know, what, one thing that always helped was, uh, of course, having Ivan in the corner, knowing I always had him there, number one. And then secondly, uh, come on, let, I mean, let's, let's face it, I'm wrestling Rick Flair, who, who can make a broomstick look good. He made me look good, okay? So, 
if he can make me look good. You're, you're, you're a big reason that make... Flair gets that much credit, Nikita, because you, you were among those wrestlers that he did amazing work with when you guys, you know, you were among the wrestlers who were very green and early in their career when he made you guys look like a million bucks or at least something or something I'm, resembling it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. look, he, I mean, he, he can make a broomstick look good. Yeah, no, that's my point. He made me look good. So, so very – very fortunate so to you know to walk out that night uh, in front of that large uh, uh, an audience certainly uh, that at least helped calm some of the nerves. No, knowing I had Ivan there and I was wrestling the the consummate uh, professional wrestler in, in the in the in the industry. Um, hey Bruce, uh, I know you've got a, a lot of topics and questions to ask, but why don't we uh, take one or two phone calls from people who've been on hold for quite a while here? And, uh, and, then, and then we'll go back to some uh, questions, Bruce, that you have. If you do want to uh, call the show to ask Nikita Koloff a question, if you are familiar with his work and his career, his reality TV show, Preacher's Daughters on Lifetime, or if you've read his books, if you know about Nikita and want to call up, uh, please do so. Now is the time to do it. The phone number is 646-721-9828. We are live on Friday, April 19th, 2013. I'm Wade Keller, editor and publisher of Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter for over 25 years, joined by 22-plus-year columnist Bruce Mitchell. And uh, we are here five days a week at PWTorchLiveCast.com. I host on Tuesdays and Fridays, and we have a whole array of guests throughout the week. Bruce will be back on Monday hosting with Travis Bryant. Our phone number again, 646-721-9828. Nikita Koloff is our guest live on the PW Torch Livecast. Let's take our first call from area code 816, and then on deck is 310. Uh, 816, please state your name and where you're from. Travis from Kansas City. Uh, what, who from Kansas City? I'm sorry. Travis. Hey, Travis. What have you got for Nikita? Hey, Nikita. I was just going to ask you, um, for, for some of the wrestlers that you knew before you were saved, do you think you would have taken a lot of negative heat from them if they would know you now? Uh, if, if I understand the question, you talk about as a Christ follower, would I have taken a lot of flack from some of the other wrestlers as a Christ follower? Is that the question? Yes. Well, I, no, no doubt. I mean, that's a very different lifestyle. Um, and and when I think back on my wrestling career, um, probably the only guy that was uh, somewhat vocal, you know, about his faith was uh, was a guy by the name of George South. And, uh, you know, George would uh, – you know, and when he had an opportunity, you know, he would he would share his faith, you know, here and there, and and, and quite honestly, what it wasn't real well received. Uh, uh, I I didn't blast him for it in any way myself personally, but I could I, I know once I left wrestling and I surrendered my heart to the Lord, I heard you know different different rhetoric, different uh, you know comments about you know. The, the, how real that might have been, but you know, here I am, almost 20 years later, still serving the Lord, and, and so they they have now found out that that was a real, real decision, not uh, not just a sp- something for you know, for the moment of time. So, I, I hope that answers your question. George South was a guest uh, on this show uh, about three months ago too, uh, and shared some great memories. Uh, Bruce, you were you were host of that show that week when I was on break. Yeah, on, I mean, on business, actually. You know, George yeah. South, a guy who um, you know, had a, a, an incredible array of experience in the wrestling business, and yeah. you know, a guy that can tell a lot of stories. So, yeah, that was that was a good show. We enjoyed that. 
searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at pwboom.com. Once again, that's pwboom.com. Very good. Let's uh, let's take one more phone call and then uh, and then we'll uh, uh, continue to encourage people to call. But get back to the discussion with Bruce and me asking the key to call off questions. Uh, right now we'll go to three one zero three one zero. Please state your name and where you're from. Yeah, this is Andrew in Los Angeles. Hey, Andrew, what do you got for Nikita? Well, it's a real pleasure to talk to you, Nikita. You're one of my favorite wrestlers from when I was growing up, and uh, you know, it's, I'm going to echo away. It's something to cross off my bucket list, and I really appreciate you doing this. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, good so to talk with you. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I've got a quick comment and then a question I've kind of wondered about for years. The comment is that uh, your interview last week, Wade, uh, the guy uh, showed did a real good job of showing why he's a former creative <laughs> member. But, yes. But uh, the question is, how in the hell did Vince, uh, Nikita, how, how did he woo you away from the NWA into uh, WWF? That's all I got. Thank you very much. Sure, thanks. Thanks, Andrew. I appreciate it. Well, you know what? If, if I heard the question, well, how, how did he woo me away from the NWA I, to the WWF? I, guess, I think he meant how didn't. Uh, did you uh, question that I would ask? I assume it's what Andrew's getting at, although it was hard to hear. Um, did he ever try to lure you away? Got you. Yeah. Because um, I'm, I'm one of only, you could probably count them on one hand, of wrestlers who've never worked, worked for, for Vince McMahon. Yeah. And, um, there was uh, there there was a couple opportunities uh, along the way uh, when Crusher Khrushchev made a decision to leave the NWA and go to New York. He actually wanted me to be uh, his partner for demolition, and a couple reasons why I couldn't do that. One, um, you know, out of respect for the Road Warriors, I I saw where it was. And no disrespect to the to the characters of demolition, but. I just had so much respect for Animal and Hawk and didn't want to try to just duplicate it or replicate that, if that makes sense, number one. But secondly, probably more important, is the fact that uh, Jim Crockett gave me my break. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a type of individual that no matter what it is I'm doing, I'm a very loyal individual. And and if you win me over, you know, I'll be loyal to you for a lifetime. And Jim Crockett Promotion, as you just heard my story, gave me my break and, and took a real roll of the dice. And so I had a real sense of loyalty to Crockett. Could I have went to New York and probably made 10 times, 100 times the amount of money? Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that I could have done that. But uh, I'm, I'm not one that, you know, Ted DiBiase says every man has his price, but in this particular case, I, I couldn't be bought. There wasn't a price tag for me to go to New York. And so I stayed with the NWA, even though I did some co-promotion with the AWA with uh, Vern Gagne, that was in conjunction with Jim Crockett. Uh, I felt loyal to the NWA uh, my entire career. Very good. Uh, Bruce, go ahead. Yeah, I want to take you to, um, and I know you get asked about this a lot, and I know you covered, you've covered it in your books, but um, that, that time period is such a unique thing. Um, the best of seven match series for the United States title with, 
with Magnum TA, and, and I thought the best work of your career. And, and then how it worked out, the, the, the car accident that Magnum TA, TA had, where he was really coming into his own as a, as a, as a big star in, in Jim Crocker Promotions at the same time you were, um, the, the emotions of dealing with that, with, with that car wreck, um, and then just I, I, one of the most shocking, my, my friends and I still talk about it from time to time, um, how it worked out, they, they took a communist Russian, scary big communist Russian, and turned you on a dime, and the fans accepted you because of, of the psychology of the, the wars that you'd had with Magnum TA and, and that Best of Seven mm-hmm. series. And you can kind of talk about that, that point in your career or, or, or how all that worked. Yeah, one, one of the uh, best-kept secrets in wrestling, they can never do that today, um, with the advent of the Internet, all the social media. There'd really be no way to to have kept that that turn uh, that quiet. There'd just be no way. And uh, and from everything I'm told by interviewers like yourselves and many others, fans and other others uh, around the world, it was certainly one of the one of they felt one of the, feel one of the most impacting things in wrestling without a shadow of a doubt. And and so prior to that happening, you know, Magnum and I were just on a professional level. Just uh, you know, just you know, peers in the wrestling industry. Through his his automobile wreck, we became very very good friends. Uh, remain friends to this day, um, and so it really became a it was almost just a natural twist of fate in a sense, but uh, in a turn for the story um, to to uh, step into the ring as as the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes' partner. Um, as opposed to his opponent and his worst nightmare, now teaming up with the American Dream, uh, and it, it made, as you said, for for headline news in the wrestling world uh, and sell out, you know, sell out business around around the globe uh, afterwards. Do you, do, Nikki, did you remember the moment you found out about Magnum's car accident? How how you found out? Was it a phone call from someone? No, I was. Uh, I just came back from a tour in Japan, and, and honestly, I came back from a tour in Japan. We were actually in. Uh, let me think. Uh, oh, Philadelphia. Yeah, we were in Philadelphia, and, uh, and 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 Jim Crockett and Dusty Rhodes called me into the room. I thought, all right, well, you know, what's what's going on? You know, and we were gonna talk about my match. We were, and they said, hey, they said uh, we need to tell you something. I'm like, okay, and they said, uh, you know. Terry Allen was in a car wreck, uh, you know, broke his neck and and don't know how, you know, he's going to make it, how he's going to, I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, honestly, because of the wrestling industry, I thought they were, you know, ribbing me. Seriously, I thought, all right, this will work. And, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And they go, no, 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 we're, we're, we're serious. I'm like, yeah, right. And they're like, no, he really, and then at a certain point I could tell, okay, these guys really are serious. And once that kind of settled in for the moment, I was like, "Oh my gosh, wow!" Yeah. Then they said, "We we have an idea." I'm like, "Okay." Mm, <laughs> well, um, that leaves a real void because he was being groomed to be the next Ric Flair, and they said that leaves a real void on that over on that side. And I said, "Okay." They said, we're considering you got a big match coming up in a few weeks in a cage against the horsemen. 
and we're considering you being Dusty's partner. And I went, okay. <laughs> like, like for real? And they're like, no, like, yeah, like for real. What, what are your thoughts? Uh, or at least give that some thought tonight, and let's talk some more about it. And uh, that's kind of how it all unfolded. Longing for some nostalgia? Or maybe you want to learn some wrestling history? Don't miss the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch DailyCast feed. Alex and Patrick will transport you 30 years into the past by taking you through the Torch issue from that very week. Follow news from the WWF and WCW and all the happenings from across the wrestling industry in real time as the Torch reported it 30 years ago. That's the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Were you for or against it at all? I mean, obviously that, that proposal coming to you had to be jarring because of so many things going on at that time, but... Did, were you, did you have skepticism that it would work and that the crowd would embrace it, or were you kind of excited to try being a babyface, using the industry term, and, uh, and play a different role? Well, you know what? It's, it's kind of interesting how things happen, have, a, have a way of working out. Um, I mean, my initial thought, because at the time, okay, at the time I'm number one, uh, I'm really number one most hated guy in wrestling, voted by the fans, you know, whole deal, all that. Okay, great, that's all well and good, and, you know, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm on the top of the charts as, as the most hated, and I'm like, huh, interesting. Wow, wonder if that really could work, you know? Like you just said, some communist, you know, Russian wrestler becoming a good guy. Huh, wow, interesting thought. And, and, and the more I pondered it, the more I thought, well, you know, Crockett family's got lots of years' of experience in this. And Dusty Rhodes has lots of years' experience wrestling and, and, and being a booker and you know, creating angles and storylines. And so if I consider that, you know, all their years of experience, they they might possibly know what they're talking about or if this is, you know, a hunch that they think will work. Um, heck, you know, why why not? Maybe, maybe I should roll with it. Now, here's the funny part to all that, just real quick. Uh, just months earlier, well, about a year earlier, I'm, I'm wrestling in Kuwait in the Middle East, and first night in, I'm slated against Sergeant Slaughter. Now, we all know he's American hero over here, right? Yeah. I go yeah. out to the I go out to the ring, and people are cheering me on the way out to the ring. He comes out to the ring, and they're booing him. Hmm. And I went. He got out of the ring. I went, dude. Um, I, I'm. They're cheering me. And I'm lost. He goes, don't worry, kid. I'll carry you through the whole thing. You know, I'm like, okay, you're gonna have to, because I don't have, I don't have a clue how to be a good, how to be a baby face. Not a clue. And, and he did. Sergeant Slaughter is such a masterful worker. He just carried me through that whole night, put me over, <laughs> and got my hand raised. And so, ironically, I actually had a taste of what it was like to be a good guy about a year prior to that happening over in the Middle East. So that helped with the decision. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let me get the phone numbers out again. If you're listening to us live on uh, Friday afternoon, we're here from 5.30 to at least 6.30 Eastern taking your phone calls live. If you have a question for Nikita Koloff, the phone number to call is 646-721-9828. That's 646-721-9828. Bruce Mitchell, 22-plus year torch columnist, is joining me for today's interview with late 80s and early 90s uh, top wrestling heel and babyface Nikita Koloff, who now is a star of Preacher's Daughters on Lifetime Television Tuesdays at 10 Eastern, 9 Central. Uh, Bruce, uh, next subject, please. Yeah, kind of the same subject. That night in the Charlotte Coliseum, I mean, a lot of emotion around Magnum TA. You know, huge media story. Wrestling fans were really concerned. And what it was like to go down, to walk out behind Dusty Rhodes, and you walked out, um, you know, you know, well behind Dusty Rhodes. I thought what really made made it was the fact that you did that, and then that pause when you got into the ring. You paused, like, "Am I really going to do?" You know, your character is like, "Am I really going to do this?" And then you swung mm-hmm. in. What was the what was the atmosphere like with the fans and with the wrestlers and that night? Because it, it really seemed extraordinary to watch it on television. Yeah, initially a state of shock by the the whole the whole uh, live viewing audience there. I mean, because they are all they had no idea what to think or what was going to happen. Uh, and, and then uh, once once I you know as uh, as I you know did pause in in, in the, the the door of the cage and, and kind of milked the atmosphere and, and raised the level of anticipation as to what was going to happen. Uh, and stepping in the ring and tearing into Ole Anderson, from from that moment the the place just became electrified. And you know that old expression of of the roof coming off off the building. I mean, it, it, there was such an explosion in uh, uh, you know, volume levels that I'd not experienced before. And and then you know the one two three and for the next fifteen minutes. You know the Coliseum chanting. You know the the name Nikita and guys in the audience. You you said it earlier. Really, flipped on a dime. It was it was quite staggering actually to think somebody seeing fans who just you know weeks earlier were sharing with me how they how much they loved me, telling me I was number one in their heart. And now I really was going to become number one in their heart legitimately, taking their shirts off, doing the most muscular pose all over the arena. It was quite, quite. I was quite taken aback. I really was. Um, uh, oh, go ahead, Bruce. I don't want to jump. In. Go ahead with. No, I mean, I mean, that's exactly what I was looking for. It was almost like now, um, now Jim Crockett Promotions had their road warrior, and um, yeah. if you want to, you know, and then dust. I mean, it was one of those, you know, a comet shooting across the sky. The the. Uh, the superpowers of Dusty Rhodes and Nikita Koloff then, I mean, I can remember going to shows and you definitely had the fans in the palm of your hand and you had opponents like Ric Flair and Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson to to work with and to, to make it work, to make it really work flying around the ring. Um, that time when the superpowers are just really one of the hottest acts in wrestling, if you could reflect back on that. And working with Dusty Rhodes instead of opposing him, but working with him in the ring. Sure. Well, because of that, we came the best of friends, and uh, probably one of the few guys in wrestling that actually will admit that. But uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> I, I know there's lots of of, of uh, how shall I say different views of Dusty, but I, I to this day view him as a as a very dear friend, 
and uh, just I just I love the man, and and he was very helpful in, in the the instrumental in the success of Nikita Koloff, both with his creative ideas, but also uh, with, with his years of, of experience and psychology and pouring pouring into me, um, and it was fun. It was fun to travel up and down the roads with him and let him drive and sit in the passenger seat. It was fun. <laughs> and, uh, and I think I gained a level of respect from Dusty because, uh, you know, we were meeting at 5. I would show up at 5.15. You know, I, I, I wasn't intimidated by Dusty in any stretch of the imagination. And, and, and it was well known, uh, I think, within the circles of wrestling that I, I could do other things. My whole life didn't revolve around wrestling and and this is all I know, and it's all I can do. No, you know that's short-sighted. It's not all I knew. I mean, I'm I have a college, I'm a college-educated, college graduate. You know, graduate with honors, all-American uh, graduate, and and on the on the football field, and I knew I could do other things. And and although I'm very 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 thankful for the wrestling career. Uh, it was a chapter in my life, and and so that time I spent with Dusty was. Great, great memories. And you're right. We travel into the arenas as the superpower. Here again, timing, right? Perestroik, Glasnost, the, the fall of, of of communism and everything. So it just fed right into yeah. to to the uh, the Russian babyface. Support us on Patreon, starting at four dollars and ninety nine cents. Get these shows ad free and bonus VIP content. That's four dollars and ninety nine cents on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash PWTorchVIP. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT 8 Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go 8 years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. And, and Nikita, the uh, during that span of time, you didn't work. You, you had a uh, a, a clique, a, a group of friends. You're traveling with a booker. Um, you're you're brought into the business by uh, main event friends of yours. Did you ever? Uh, did anybody ever? And I, I asked this thinking it's probably happened to you. Less, it's less likely than others. Did anybody ever take liberties in the ring with you? Send you a message that said, "Yeah, you might be a main eventer, but you know, keep keep in mind that you know we have." Your your fate in our hands as an opponent. A lot of rookies face that. There's been a lot of issues of you know bullying or initiating or hazing. Did you undergo any of that, or because you were in that that circle of powerful people in Jim Crockett Promotions, did was it kind of hands off? It was hands off. Uh, Jim Crockett made it well known. Um, in fact, uh, I tell you probably a. a this this would be in my last book, but probably an unknown topic of discussion in regards to that would be when Crockett uh, brought in the private planes uh, the, to fly us around. 
uh, we had a pilot by the name of Freddie, and I, and I never forget Freddie telling me there it seated ten guys, and and Freddie said specific instructions from Jim Crockett were this. There's a, here's your list of who will be on this particular flight. As long as these four guys are on the plane, I don't care if it's supposed to leave at five o'clock. It leaves at five o'clock as long as these four are on, are on the plane, regardless of whether the other six are not. Now, if you're supposed to leave at five and one of these four is not on the plane, I don't care how long you have to wait. You wait until they get on the plane. And the four I'm referring to were Rick Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, and Nikita Koloff. Yeah. And so it was very well known uh, that it was a. In fact, one of my friends, Gene Legan, who uh, old school wrestlers, he's been my weight training partner for the last eight years. When he first stepped in the ring, he was told, "Buddy, you take him off your feet. You take him off his feet, and you're fired." So there was a lot of specific mm. instruction by Crockett along those lines. Well, I mean, that protected the character that you were playing. Yeah, it, you know, you didn't. That wasn't that. It did. It, it, it did. Now I will say for the record, for the record. As I became more groomed and experienced in the business, there were certain guys who had certain reputations, and I shall remain nameless, but I knew how to protect myself because they might be a little little bit haphazard or potentially under the influence. And so there were certain moves or certain things that I made it very clear I would not be doing, and I didn't care how much of a part of their match it was that I wouldn't be doing them. And that wasn't any from a from a a prima donna perspective. Believe me when I say that. That was from a self preservation perspective. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hey, uh, let's take uh, another phone call, and then uh, Bruce and I, I know, have more topics for you. Let's uh, go to Erico nine one nine next. Nine one nine. Thanks for calling. Please state your name and where you're from. Um, hey, this is Neil. I'm from Raleigh, Oklahoma. Excellent. What have you got for us? What have you got for Nikita? Yeah, um, actually, and I just joined in, so sorry if anybody's covered this. I'm, I'm, I grew up, I mean, my first memories of wrestling are Nikita. I, I think the first thing I remember is, like, match number four of Nikita versus Magnum TA. Yeah. That's my very first memory of wrestling. And, I mean, it, it, it completely got me hooked. And, I, I mean, I, the NWA growing up was, was just, the best, <laughs> but uh, I, I just wanted to know who who are some of his favorite um, favorite favorite people from that era, from like the eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven era um, in the locker room. Um, who were some of his um, Nikita? Who were some of your favorite people? Neil, uh, good evening. That's a, that's a great question. I knew nine one nine area code was the Raleigh area. Yep, and uh, so uh, I welcome your call bit of history. Of course, my first match ever uh, was in the Dorton Arena in Raleigh. You probably remember that very well. Uh, one of the worst buildings of wrestling, cold in the winter and hot in the summer, but hey. It, it <laughs> I used to go there. I used to love going to, uh, going, going to the Dorton Arena, but yeah, it had terrible acoustics, too. It was worse to see a concert yeah, well, you, there than to go to wrestling. Yeah, you may have liked it as a fan, but I, it was brutal as a wrestler. But anyway, all that aside, getting back to Neil's question, uh, you know, Neil, I have a lot of fond memories. I really have from uh, some of the things we've reminisced about uh, from matches, you know, against the Road Warriors, uh, the, the War Games uh, matches were, were classic. Of course, the best of seven is I hear 
probably more than anything with, uh, you know, at the time, unheard of at the time. Wait a minute, the best of uh, the World Series of Wrestling, you know, a best of seven for the for the belt. Wow, and uh, and so of course Magnum, uh, Lex Luger, Sting uh, had some some classic matches with with Steve, and uh, just the list. Uh, really, the list is endless. Uh, you know, I, I can't think back to where I feel like I've had, I really had too many bad matches just because of the guys I got to work with that I was so honored to work with, uh, legends like Johnny Weaver uh, here in the Mid-Atlantic and, and uh, Rufus R. Freight Train Jones and the, Stan the Lariat Hansen and, and the list goes on and on. King Kong Bundy, I mean, I was Steve Austin, you know, The Undertaker, Mean Mark Callis, so... Wrestling fans, are you that person that works in a pro wrestling reference to every aspect of your life? Well, we're those kind of people too, but we do so with mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Vallejos, host of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans, every Monday on PW Torch's Daily Cast lineup. Not only do we cover every UFC and Bellator event, we provide context that only a wrestling fan would really understand. I mean, we're the type of people that if you ask us about how much of a mess the middleweight title situation is, we're likely to reference WCW in the early 90s. Think of us as a podcast for casual MMA fans done by hardcore wrestling nerds. And you can find us by searching PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or any popular podcast app. And we're always available on demand at pwtorchdailycast.com where you can check out the entire lineup of the PW Torch Daily Casts. Can, can, I redirect, yeah. can I redirect this question a little bit? I think he did Come want on. to know also who who did you enjoy being in, in the locker room with or, or who did you get along with or who was entertaining backstage or, 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 or not in the ring but where the fans didn't see it? Well, I couldn't stand any of them in the locker room. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I uh you know, it, 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 it's, it's, a, it's funny, though, if I, how, if I address that question this way. Of course, you know, the old, the old, the old school of thought is, oh, you're, you're all friends and you're all chums and buddies. And, and you know what? It's like any other job and any, anything else in, in the sense of, uh, hey, there's certain personalities that just clash. And when you step in the ring, hopefully you put that personality aside and you bring a level of professionalism in the ring, uh, but in terms of in terms of the dress room itself, I want to tell you what, man. We, we that was for me an era that we had an absolute blast most of the time. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, Arn Anderson, he missed his calling. He didn't need to be in wrestling. He should have been on the stand-up comedy stage. Uh, talk about a guy who has some of the quickest one-liners ever. Uh, double A, Arn Anderson. We used to joust back and forth. We had a lot of fun. Tully Blanchard and I used to joust uh, quite a bit. Uh, uh, you know, we used to black Bart. We used to mess with Black Bart all the time. Uh, with him and his cowboy hat and his his <laughs> chewing tobacco and and there's just uh, I tell you, there was a certain camaraderie in that era 
of guys that led to, and I think you guys would probably agree, from what I understand from the fans, to be one of the most unique eras of wrestling ever. And it, a lot of it had to do with the camaraderie of the guys. Um, Nikita, this hour just flew by, our live hour here on Block Talk Radio. What I'd uh, like to do is uh, keep you on for a few more minutes, and uh, I know I've got more questions, and I'm sure Bruce does, um, but we'll sign off on our, uh, the free portion of the show uh, that's airing live, and we'll transition into the uh, part that's exclusive for our paying customers, if uh, that works for you. Yeah, I, I've got, uh, got about, uh, about, about another 30 minutes or so, so we're good. That's great. That sounds fantastic. So um, I want to uh, remind people that Bruce Mitchell and Travis Bryant will be by on Monday with the next episode of the PW Torch Livecast. You can always find the shows live or on delay at pwtorchlivecast.com. That also has uh, access to links that will help you subscribe in iTunes or on the Stitcher app on Android or in the Beyond Pod app on Android or the Podcast or Downcast app on iPhone. However it is that you listen to podcasts, you can listen to the PW Torch Livecast uh, that way, and a place to go to always find our show is the name of the show.com, pwtorchlivecast.com. If you are interested in hearing the rest of our interview with Nikita Koloff and all of our interviews from our 25 plus year history that are online, and uh, so much more that comes with the VIP membership, including over 70 audio shows per month that are VIP exclusive, ad free access to our website, four newsletters each week published, one that's new with tons of exclusive information plus back issues in PDF and text format from 5, 10, and 20 years ago, and also my 20 years ago radio show on KFAN, um, which uh, is, is just a blast to listen back to every Thursday. Uh, I, I schedule uh, uh, transitioning it from a cassette tape to MP3 and putting it up for VIP members, and this week we discussed a uh, big independent show starring uh, Terry Funk against Road Warrior Hawk and uh, the Lightning Kid against... Sabu, and uh, an early Taz match, early reviews of uh, Taz as an unknown indie wrestler, and uh, the late Chris Candido, and many more. Fun show in Minneapolis, uh, Nikita Koloff's hometown, uh, 20 years ago this week, uh, big indie show uh, called Grand Slam, NWA Grand Slam, promoted by the late Dennis Corluzzo. Uh, the 20 years ago back issue of the newsletter, and the 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Focus radio show, both available if you sign up for a VIP membership. You can listen to about a year and a half worth of that 20 years ago radio show. So many things, not enough time to talk about them, but if you are interested in going VIP, you can get details and sign up at pwtorch.com slash govip. That is pwtorch.com slash govip. On Nikita, since the largest audience uh, will be now, and we're going to sign off and move to just our members, is there anything else you want to plug? Preacher's Daughters on Lifetime on Tuesday nights, 10 Eastern, and Pacific, 9 Central, uh, NikitaKoloff.com is your website, and they can Google your name or Amazon your name and find your book. Um, anything you want to accentuate or augment in terms of plugs for anything you've got going on? Good gracious, you got my head spinning uh, on everything you just went <laughs> over, Wade. Wow. <laughs> I, I am yes. impressed with all of that. For Just for the record, hey, I thought I thought K-Fan sounded a little familiar. I'm like, hmm, that's on like maybe a Minneapolis channel. That is, so, yeah. Uh, I hear you. No, I mean, I think you covered it. Uh, I guess, you know, just reemphasizing, uh, appreciating people's support uh, on, on the preacher's daughter. And, and keep in mind, uh, I would just say to the listeners out there, as you, as you tune in and maybe if you're catching up on the episodes or, or uh, so that you can uh, be up to speed on everything that's happening, um, you know, that the, the whole premise of the show is really, again, just to – just to show some, some just real life, real life issues and challenges within families. And our hope is 
my hope anyway, my hope and my prayer as uh, as they produce the show and, and put it on air is that it really ministers to, to people's lives out there and, and speaks. Uh, so people out there go, you know what, man, I'm not the only one that's struggling with this issue or has gone through, you know, through, through you know, this divorce or struggling with my, my child or, or, you know, have this animosity towards my, my parents or, so there's just a lot of, a lot of ground we're covering. And, and I really feel like, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, there's a lot of lives that, that are going to be touched. The social media is blown up about it. Um, and, and we've got some incredibly solid numbers of, of viewership. And so I just thank, you know, all the viewers out there are helping to spread you guys and everyone else. So Bruce Wade and helping spread the word on, on preachers daughters. And then of course, just the other things I'm doing. They, you mentioned my website, and and they can Google. And I'm traveling the planet, sharing the gospel, and and uh, going to be doing uh, some here down the road, uh, some different movie and uh, cameos and different things. And uh, nutrition. I will mention this. You asked me if there's anything. I just thought of this. Lex Luger and I are partnered up. Uh, we have our uh, nutrition company. One one of our part of our passion has been for years is to help people get healthy or help people stay healthy. And so we, we partnered up with some pretty powerful people by the likes of Dr. Oz, uh, TV Dr. Oz, uh, Chris Powell from Extreme Makeover Weight Loss, uh, ABC show, Chris Powell, Children's Miracle Network, the NBA, the NHL, uh, and a company called VEMA, and that's an acronym, V-E, V is in Victor, V-E-M-M-A. They can find out more about that on my website as well. But we've partnered up. We're, we're expanding uh, worldwide. Uh, we're in 50 different countries, and Lex and I are growing our business, looking for some good business partners who uh, would be interested in not only making a boatload of money, but really helping people get healthy, and we're very excited about that. So check that out on my website. Excellent. Um, Nikita, uh, on behalf of uh, the free portion of the PW Torch Livecast, I want to thank you for being our guest, and I want to tell the VIP members to hold tight. If you're listening to us on the VIP side of things, the show continues after the music. This is uh, Kids on Bridges out of the U.K. playing us out. And uh, on the other side of the music, Bruce Mitchell and I will be back to answer some, uh, present Nikita with some more topics and email questions. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wake Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wake Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. pwtorch.com slash govip. All right, Nikita, first of all, thank you for uh, spending some extra time with us after the uh, live show for the uh, VIP After Show. Uh, Bruce Mitchell, you're still with us. And uh, we, I, I've got a follow-up question, Bruce, before uh, you do, uh, because I wanted to talk about what it was like uh, being in the ring with the Road Warriors. Uh, you you were obviously had a legit sports background, and and were uh, you know t- you're a tough guy and uh, Joe and Mike were uh, legitimately tough guys too. Um, uh, how much when you were working with them as, again so early in your wrestling career? 
how often did things get uh, rough in the ring, and how did you guys decide who was going to sell, since that wasn't really something that uh, either of you, either you nor the Road Warriors did a lot of when you were against other opponents? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, certainly made for some interesting conversation and dialogue along, <laughs> uh, at times, no doubt. Um, the, the good news is, we had a again a pretty good working relationship. Uh, I would I would say, uh, uh, of course, you know, Animal and I grew up. Uh, I, re- I recruited him to our college football team, and we became really I became a prodigal son for the family. He just uh, fell in love with his family, his late his late uh, mom uh, Lorna, and of course his dad Joe Senior, and uh, his his brothers uh, who also broke ended up breaking into wrestling. Mark and Johnny uh, Johnny Ace. Yeah. Um, but uh, all that said, uh, so we, we the chemistry in the ring was such that, of course, if it was a tag team, you know, Ivan was looked at. Of course, being up in age, as you might say, the you might say the, the weaker link, although he was anything but that. But uh, in the fans' eyes, you know, so it wasn't hard to kind of you know him to be the guy who bumped around the ring as far as as far as that goes. And then for myself with the, with Joe and Mike. It was kind of a really kind of a, uh, a, a chess match, if you will, and, and uh, uh, you might say a draw at, at times uh, as to you know as to which one of them might might uh, sell. Of course, you know we put you know we had some Russian chain matches, some different gimmick matches that made it easier for all of us to sell in the ring. But for the most part, uh, it was a real chess match as to who was going to do what. Uh, Bruce, you want to ask a new topic? Yeah, um, you, you know, kind of going in the timeline we're talking about, um, your, your wrestling career is really going well, and then you really you faced um, some some personal and some family um, situations. Can you talk about uh, Jim Crockett Promotions and the support you got as as your first wife became ill? Yeah, yeah we. Uh... You know, we 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 uh, at an early age, uh, Mandy faced uh, a battle with cancer, with Hodgkin's cancer, and and it just uh, to a, a point of where you know she uh, you know, became ill. She was going to go through, of course, the chemotherapy, the radiation, those sorts of things, and um, and did and brought it into remission, and then it uh, it reared its ugly head once again, and. They took a more aggressive approach, which made it that much more challenging and difficult on her physically, which is when I made the decision to take a sabbatical uh, and step away from, uh, uh, although I was, you know, main event uh, uh, headliner, to, to step away and make that a priority to, to take care of her and what we were hoping would be recovery, which uh, those who, who know uh, where it ended up, uh, you know, taking her life at the age of, age of 26, and uh, but felt that I needed to step away in order to uh, to just you know take care of her in those those last days. Well, you know, I mean, that was a time in, in the wrestling business. Not that it's not that it's not rough now, but the schedules you didn't miss. You, you were scheduled all the time, you know, to travel and to and to and to and to wrestle on shows every night, and then you didn't miss that time. So that was a major, you know, that was a major thing. But um, when when you came back, you, your look had changed. 
Um, it, it it did, uh, and I kind of took a play off of, uh, of Rocky IV and the Ivan, Ivan Drago character in, in Rocky IV, and kind of what spurned that thought or idea was uh, the, the 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 possibility of or how close I came to landing the role of Ivan Drago in Rocky IV. Some oh. some are not aware of the fact that. Dolph Lundgren and I were the two finalists for that that actual role, and um, and so that's where that's what kind of spurned the idea of coming back with a kind of a flat top, uh, different different trimmed down, different look. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone always had that um, fascination with the wrestling business, of course. You know, in, in Rocky III, Hulk Hogan, you know, the famous, his famous cameo. And then he made the movie Paradise Alley, starring, and he starred Terry Funk in it with himself. Yeah. And lots of wrestlers, you know, Ray Stevens. But I remember Don Cronodal being in, in Paradise Alley. So, um, I, you know, I was not aware that you were up for that, but that does not surprise me. That, that's how, that was how uh, Sylvester Stallone thought. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. And, and, and uh, Dolph and I ended up on the set with, with Stallone uh, for the final call, uh, the final screen test uh, to see who would land, land the role. And, and, and it's a kind of humorous. Well, I think it's humorous. Uh, I'm sure Sly doesn't think it's humorous. But, you know, he's, he's every bit of five foot six, 165 pounds, dripping wet with rocks in his pocket. You know, not, not a big guy, although he looks big on the silver screen. And picture picture if you can uh i was 285 with about four per or actually about eight percent body fat to 34 inch waist and i'll never forget on the final final screening him and i were side by side and he said okay halfway through we're going to stand nose to nose and finish your lines and i did and and he yelled cut and asked the the producer how it was and I'll never forget the, re- the what the producer said. He goes, "It was really, really good until you turned towards each other, and then we lost you in his shadow." And I thought, mm, "That's not good for his ego or my <laughs> opportunity." I think you're probably right. I imagine you were. Uh, Nikita, um, steroids obviously were something that uh, you've talked about using anabolic steroids, cycling on steroids. Wrote uh, Animal wrote about it. Uh, in his autobiography that, that he put out, and he talked about, uh, in, in uh, Joe Laurinaitis, Rotor Animal, talked about not fully understanding, comprehending, or, uh, or admitting to himself, perhaps even at times, the dangers of this, uh, of this muscle-enhancing drug that was the craze, that was all the rage. What, t- talk about your introduction to using steroids and any fears that you had about them, and if you had a longer wrestling career, how you would have dealt with that issue as uh, as your years cycling on and off them would have would have increased beyond just a few years that that you were on top. Well, I uh, my introduction to him was back in my college days because again, keep in mind my dreams to play pro football and the word on the street was, hey, if you want to play at that level, then this is just what you have to do, and and so you know, really, I guess you might say without any second thought, I just thought, okay, well. That's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. And, and so that, that was my introduction to them. Um, and and I feel fortunate in this sense. And, of course, in no way for the listening audience am I a, a, a proponent of their use. Um, but where I feel fortunate is, and, again, this is just my personality, 
I feel fortunate that I didn't get sucked into the whole that that whole psychology uh, of if if two will do this much for me, well then gosh, four have to do twice as good or twice as much, right? And so I I I used them the way that that they would typically be prescribed to use. So in other words, I didn't abuse them. I did it under protocol exactly how you were supposed to use them if you were going to be using them, okay, if they were being prescribed to you, first and foremost. Secondly, uh, once the wrestling career took off, uh, and, and my, my, the longevity of my career has really had nothing to do with it whatsoever because uh, short into my wrestling career as it took off, um, I, I felt there was there was no need for him anymore for a couple reasons. One, I'm not playing pro football, and secondly, I'd already established a name, and so I, I weaned myself off them rather quickly into my wrestling career, and uh, feel fortunate that uh, that I, I walked away from them and I was done. With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go VIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Was this about the time that you came back after your wife's illness? No, I was, uh, you know, I broke in 1984. Uh, this was actually right around the, the turn. No, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, when you weaned yourself off. When you no, that's what I'm saying. I, no, this this is right around '86 and my my turn my my turn to baby face. Now, what happened? What I did there is my time off. Uh, I, I contemplated going into some professional bodybuilding, and so that's why I came back much leaner. Right. Uh, and, and of course, the haircut gave a whole different impression. But uh, it was it was toying with the idea of going into professional bodybuilding, which is actually why I came back much leaner. Uh, when I did come back. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, can I ask one thing, Bruce? Uh, when, sure. when, Nikita, when you were on steroids, did you uh, feel an increased uh, lack of impulse control? A lot of obviously, roid rage is, is a term that's used. It doesn't mean you went into fits of rage, but I think that uh, human beings are, have a, a natural level, some more than others, of impulse control. And I think a, the best way that I've heard it described by people who have been on steroids is that it's not that they just got irrationally angry all the time, but when something did irk them, when something got under their skin or something didn't go right, that ability to kind of think it through and not react immediately to it 
was, was lessened. And so I, talk about your experience with any side effects regarding uh, steroids when it came to that aspect of them. Well, and again, that's where I feel fortunate in that because I didn't abuse them, um, that I, I, I didn't subject myself to, to any of the t- what you might hear or, or believe to be typical side effects, um, and, and including, you know, short-tempered, you know, short, being short-tempered and all of that sort of thing. And so uh, I, I didn't have to confront any of that personally. Um, and so that's why I feel very, very fortunate. Yeah, yep. Um, uh, let me ask uh, an email question. This is a, a local-based question. This comes from uh, East Coast Jay, not a Minnesotan, but he does have a question related to the Minnesota scene. He says, it always blows my mind that one high school produced so many future wrestling stars, Rick Rude, Kurt Henning, Tom Zink, Barry Darso, John Nord, and, of course, you, Nikita Koloff. The odds of this ever happening again seem pretty long. Were, was there something special about the culture of this school that turned out so many wrestlers? And were you friends with any of these guys in high school? How do the ages line up? Great question. We'll add one more to that. The less known of all was a guy by the name of Brady Boone wrestled in the NWA and then refereed in the NWA and was tragically uh, uh, killed in a car wreck in, in, uh, in Florida. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's a very, again, just as unique as my wrestling career is, so is that story. Um, back in the high school days, uh, none of us really ever talked about pro wrestling or even entertained the idea of it. We all it was pretty well known that Kurt Henning's dad, Larry the Axe, you know, was a wrestler. But even then, I didn't give that two thoughts. I'm, I'm focused on football. And, and actually, five of the seven from Robinsdale High School were, at one year, all on the same football team. Uh, we were all either a sophomore, sophomore, junior, senior, and, uh, which was a very, very unique. And, and if you want to be really technical – Vern Gagne is actually a graduate of Robinsdale High School as well. Now back oh, in counts. the fifties, yeah. back in the fifties, but Vern actually so there's really eight guys from Robinsdale, but seven <laughs> of us all at the same time. And and what's interesting to me is because then many of us went off to play some college football. Kurt suffered a knee injury in football. John Nord suffered a knee injury in football. I broke both both my legs in football, and so. So, uh, and some of those guys started then getting into wrestling because of the injuries from football. Um, and and uh, when you ask the question, you know, was there, is there something in the water in Robbinsdale? What's <laughs> yeah. The, what's the deal there? Um, I will say this for the record, not so much pertaining to to wrestling, but just athletes in general. Uh, we were fortunate in junior high to have a mentor by the name of Gerald McFarland, Jerry McFarland. Jerry was a health teacher, gymnastics coach, and a professional bodybuilder. And out of the four junior high schools and three senior high schools in our district, he had the the state-of-the-art weight room where everyone came to work out, took me under his wings and many of the rest of us, and in fact, the uh, one of the the main gym in Minnesota was known as the gym. It was originally in Golden Valley, and then it was in Plymouth. And for 25 years, it was in existence. Jim Youngner, another graduate of Robinsdale, started it. And out of that gym came a plethora of top bodybuilders, world record hold, holder weightlifters, professional wrestlers. 
you know, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, this, guys who won the Mr. Minnesota Bodybuilding Contest, Ms. Ms. World. And so it was kind of really, in a bizarre in a sense, but unique in a sense that one concentrated community would have all of these, so to speak, muscle heads. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Bruce, do you want to chime in with anything, or should I ask part two of East Coast Jay's question? Uh, that was that was a very good question and, yeah. and a very interesting answer. Yeah, that, that kind of you know put some threads together. So yeah, yeah, yeah ask the second question. Yeah, I will. Uh, this is also from VIP member East Coast Jay. One of Nikita's last matches was with Vader, and if memory serves me right, Nikita was injured in the bout. Vader was pretty scary to watch at that point, and was infamous for breaking enhancement talent Joe Thurman's back. Did Nikita find Vader to be safe and professional to work with? And if injuries were suffered, did they have any impact on his stepping away from wrestling? My very last match was against Van Vader in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, November 7, 1992, and uh, where I suffered uh, an injury to my neck when he when he we were uh, fighting outside the ring and he he, he hit me from behind and, and jarred my 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 neck and had some 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 momentary numbing of my my arm and then. Uh, also suffered a hernia that night, picking him up over my head, uh, his 500-pound behemoth that he was, and uh, and so, you know, I, 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 I as best I could, uh, Leon was one who, if you've ever heard the expression, uh, someone who doesn't know their own strength. Yes. Uh, Leon was uh, was one of those, and. Interestingly enough, give you a little sidebar footnote to that question into this story. That was officially my last match. I know WCW kind of ran with that, that he ended my career and put me out of wrestling, and that's part of the wrestling world. I I walked away from wrestling by choice because it was part of my goal, and, and there's more to that story, but I walked away by choice. Yes, I suffered injuries that night. Yes, I was rehabilitating from them. But, yes, I could have went back to wrestle another 15, 20 years if I'd wanted to, but I chose to walk away. And the sidebar footnote to that story is I saw Leon at WrestleMania in Miami last year for the first time in a while. Yeah. And he came to me, and he goes, you know, I don't know whether I ever said this or not. Hmm. But I just like to ask you to forgive me for how rough I was in the ring. Wow. And I just like to apologize if if I in any way had, had injured you and and um and come to find out that uh just a few short years ago Leon uh after having contemplated taking his life and many other things, surrendered his heart to the Lord just a few years ago as well, and it's obvious, it was obvious to me that he has had a life change. Wow, wow. Um, fascinating story. Uh, uh, amazing. <laughs> That's not always the reputation he had about his about his style of work, to say the least. Well, that might be, this. you know, just having his saying it last year, Bruce, might mean he's, you know, come a long way from his Absolutely. reputation years ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Anytime you're watching WWE Raw or SmackDown or AEW Dynamite in particular, send us an email if you've got thoughts on the show or a topic you want us to address or a question for us. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. Wade Keller Podcast at PWTorch.com. If there's anything else going on in pro wrestling that you want us to address on our main podcast during our mailbag segments, 
That same email applies, wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. We invite that interaction. Let us know what you think of what we're saying, and let us know what you want us to talk about, and ask us specific questions. Podcast at pwtorch.com. You know, Nikito, looking at, um, at what happened to uh, Mike Hagstrand, Road Warrior Hawk, um, how close Lex Luger has come to, to death, um, what happened to Elizabeth, uh, on and on, so many of your colleagues. Then on the, con- on the contrast, seeing the type of career that Sting has gone on to have and uh, the fact that he's still going uh, into his 50s, kind of well into his 50s now, uh, when you look at your career and, and when it ended and how it ended and how really relatively short your career was given the potential uh, that you had coming out of the gate, do you have mixed feelings about it? Do you ever think, wow, what could have been had I maybe been around during that Monday Night War period when there was huge money being thrown around? Or do you look back on it in the other way and going, man, had I stayed in, I wonder if I would have succumbed to uh, some of the, the pain pill addiction that wrestlers uh, ended up with through both recreational drugs and drug usage and trying to manage pain and manage the schedule. Uh, so basically, it's uh, both sides of it. Do you ever look back and go, wow, what could have been on the good side? Or, boy, I'm, I'm glad that I avoided a potential uh, bad side. Mm, great question. Um, you know, I, I look back at my wrestling career with very fond, fond memories. And, and you know, I've been coined by some uh, as the Barry Sanders of professional wrestling. You know, uh, Sanders had a tremendous uh, running, you know, career in the NFL with the Detroit Lions and, walked away when really he was headed into the prime of, of an NFL running back's career, but by choice walked away. And and that was a childhood goal of mine, that whatever I did to make it in life, that I would walk away on top and, and leave uh, on the top of the business, whatever it is I did. And so – that was the, that's kind of the Paul Harvey rest of the story of, of my choosing to walk away from the career and and looking back with fond memories that it was a great career and and with no regrets uh, I'm living life at this juncture of my life with I live with no regrets time's too short life's too short to, to live with regrets and I have none and so I look at that. And I look at what, as you stated, has happened to a lot of our colleagues, a lot of our peers. Kurt Henning, Rick Rude. Sure, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, I just spent the last two days uh, with Lex down in Atlanta. He has become one of one of my best friends. We're, we're together all the time. We talk all the time. And, uh, and in fact, we were just talking about that whole ordeal uh, with, with Miss Elizabeth and, 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 you know, how life-changing that was. and So anyway, all that to say, um, I, I feel very fortunate, uh, and I tell guys this all the time, like I, I, I minister an event called Quest where I take men up on the mountaintop for a handful of days, and we just run it after the heart of God, and, and I get to facilitate those and, and, and watch what happens up there. And, and I tell the guys coming back off the mountain, I said, and a lot of some of my wrestling fans, and I'll say, you know, um, I could have stayed in wrestling, and, of course, you know, they brought Bill Goldberg in, you know, kind of, you might say, as my replacement when I walked away from wrestling and gave him a $3 million guaranteed contract. That, you know, I didn't make that my entire career combined, and, yeah. and they paid him that every year guaranteed. So if I just took that, and you're saying they, threw, they were throwing money around left and right, WCW. So, yeah, I, I, could have, I could have made millions and millions and millions of dollars. There's no doubt in my mind. 
however, with that said, what I get to do now, guys, uh, and whether it's a quest event or traveling and speaking the, to, to audiences of all ages and helping people, helping one individual improve the quality of their health, there's no price to, to, that I can put on that. There's no price tag that I can put on the opportunity now to make a difference in somebody's life in a positive way as opposed to making millions of dollars and entertaining them for a living. There's yeah. just no way. Yeah. It, 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 just no way. And so I, I'm, I feel fortunate for the wrestling career, have no regrets for, for, from walking away from, from, from millions and millions of dollars um, because of what I get to do now. Do you think that your personality type and what you had seen of how you handled things early on in the wild late eight, you know, mid to late 80s, that you would have gone down the path that Rick Rude, Kurt Edding, Mike Hagstrand, Lex Luger, who survived it, did? Or do you think you would have been an exception and, and because of your personality and what you've done after wrestling, that that would have given, given you enough of a constitution to probably f- avoided some of those, some of those uh, uh, drug addiction issues that, that others face? Never been addicted to drugs, never taken a drug other than, than the steroids. And uh, through college, uh, you know, I, I drank uh, an, an occasional drink. I haven't yeah. had a drop of alcohol since 17 October 1993 when I surrendered my heart to the Lord. Not because I think that anyone's bad that does, but just because the Lord spoke to me and said, you, you, don't, you don't need that. You don't need alcohol. It's not for you, and you don't need it. So, And the, the, the good news is, even prior to my salvation, I, I hated the, the taste of, of beer. I hated the taste of, of, of liquor. I've never liked it. Uh, I've never touched a drug other than the steroid, uh, the steroid use that we talked earlier about. Yeah. So to answer your question, it's never been an issue for me. In fact, the guys used to give me a hard time. They'll tell you. You talk to some of them guys, they'll say, you know what? Like Lex, Lex and Sting and, and Animal and I used to run the roads together, you know, when I was on that side of the tracks. And, and man, they give me a hard time because you know, the matches are over. They're dropping me off at the hotel. I'm eating my can of tuna and, 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 and a bagel kicked back in my hotel room while everyone's out doing their thing. Yeah. Now, they'll, they'll all tell you, but it'd be cool to tell you, not Nikita. Where, man, where's Nikita? Dude, he's at the hotel eating a can of tuna. What? <laughs> so. Not, not, not ever, not ever, a stronghold in my life, nor a strong temptation, nor something I needed to overcome. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the U.S., Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise!
uh, Nikita, we've, we've gone to the 90-minute mark a little past it. I, I've got a few other things I'd like to ask you if you have a few extra minutes, but don't feel like it's uh, an imposition if you do have to go either because you've been real generous with your time. No, we can, we can do it. I'll rearrange some schedule. Fin- okay. you know, finish out your questioning and that sort of thing. Uh, absolutely. Yep. I, I, I won't push things too far here, but I, I want to check in with you so you don't feel like you have to be the one to interrupt and say you got to go, too, because we are at that <laughs> yeah, point. So, trying to be Trying to be polite and uh, courteous here. Um, yes, sir. The, the, uh, and, Bruce, feel free to jump in if you've got a, a pressing issue, too. But l- let me ask one more uh, about the Magnum, uh, the, the seven series with, with Magnum TA. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you realize how much people who, who saw those matches and lived through them remember them fondly. I do. That It was in an era of television where really high-quality matches uh, were reserved for house shows um, or the, the burgeoning pay-per-view industry in this country, but not really seen on television, especially in certain territories. I mean, world-class championship wrestling through their syndicated show gave away main event matches um, on television, but a lot of promotions didn't. And it was more squash match oriented. So to see these matches and to have the U.S. title, which meant so much then, uh, to, be, to, to be put on the line in a best of seven series, many of which were on TV, was just a historical moment, I, I think, in wrestling history. Talk about the planning of those matches and the challenge that – what you remember about the challenge of trying to make those matches uh, different and tell a story from one match to the next. Uh, how much – who was involved in the booking of that – and how much pride did you take as you kind of realized these might be the best matches of my career so far, and the reaction I'm getting means that, especially thanks to Magnum TA, I'm catching on to this. I'm part of something that's, that's, uh, that maybe would be special. Did you have that feeling at that time? I don't know, I don't know so much that, I, that at the time I realized how much history in the making we, we, were, we were, you know, it's like a lot of things when you're in the midst of it or right in yeah. the middle of it. It's not till later in life, regardless of what it is, that I think you can look back with a, you know, in appreciation of whatever you 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 walked through or went through. Uh, but uh, in regards to the to the series, I thought it was brilliant. And of course, Dusty was the uh, Dusty Rhodes, the creative mind behind the Best of Seven series, and in the stripping of Magnum of the belt and the signing and the whole. The whole mama's boy. Wow, that was kind of my idea. Mm-hmm. You know, calling him a mama's boy that uh, led to the altercation, that led to the stripping of the belt. But um, um, just to be able to, and then, and then, and then, I thought it was brilliant that we decided, you know, like in a good World Series baseball, you know, event that goes up three to nothing, and then only for the other team to come back and and you know potentially win win four to three or, or at least go three to three and then you don't know who's going to win but that was that was brilliant as well you know just to show the the russian domination by by taking match one match two match three and then inch by inch he'd inch his way back to to victory winning that first one and then eking out the second win and and as we did that the the uh, anticipation and or the viewership growing by, you know, can can he pull out a third one and tie it up? And then, of course, he did. And and then the seventh one is historical in proportion because Crockett dedicated his entire syndicated show solely yep. to that match. Yep. And so, uh, you know, we wrestled for close to an hour the the viewing audience saw about 45 minutes of it uh, in the course of the show, but I thought that was brilliant as well to to have the seventh one culminate live. Well, say live in the auditorium, but 
the, the entire show being dedicated to that one match, I thought was brilliant on, on Jim Crockett and Dusty Rose's part. Uh, Bruce, do you have a, a follow-up question either to wrap up the Best of Seven series with Magnum or anything about Magnum or, or, or change topics? Just overall in your career, I'm curious, um, what what feud or series or what time in your career was the most lucrative financially for you? Uh, good question, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, I don't, that's that's, a, that's really a good question because uh, I've I've never been one that's motivated by money. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you this little sidebar footnote to this: I used to drive the bookkeeper crazy because you know I grew up and I don't know how you know how much of my story you know, but I, I grew up in 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 North, North Minneapolis, which was a in the projects area, if you, I don't know if you're familiar with Olson Highway and, and the, the northern Minneapolis. Uh, my my, uh, my sister my sister owns some uh, houses there as as rental, so I'm very familiar with it. Okay, yeah. so back in those days, it was the it was the projects, uh, yeah. what I call the ghetto area, and uh, that that was my humble beginnings. And and I was a welfare. My dad left when I was very young. My mom, I was the youngest of four. My mom raised four children. Um, she was almost 40 when she had me, and and we were a product of welfare. I, I didn't have a whole lot growing up, and and so when I broke into wrestling, started getting these weekly checks, even though initially they they weren't all that big. But nevertheless, I'm getting a check every week, and they were bigger than anything else I was doing. And there was at one point, I'll tell you this part of the story. There was at one point where I had 13 uncashed checks sitting on, on the shelf in my closet. And and Crockett's bookkeeper came to me and said, please cash your checks. I said, huh? He goes, please cash your checks. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I got 13 checks. on. You're messing up my books. Please cash your checks <laughs> so I can balance my books. And I'm like, oh, really? I, I got that many. He goes, yes. So, you know, and I went back and I, I looked and counted. And I went, oh, gosh, I guess I guess I do. So I get I get the check every week, throw it on the shelf in the closet, and wouldn't think twice about it. <laughs> and then at one point, I hired a, a, a dear friend of mine by the name of Tim Peltier, who uh, is a, my longest reigning friend. We, 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 we met in 1974 in high school, still friends to this day. Hired him to be my business manager. I kind of broke the ground in wrestling as well because I hired him to manage all manage all my money. So, honestly, once I hired him, I had everything sent to him. Everything, bills, uh, checks, everything went to him. He sent me a little allowance uh, every week that that would get me by for uh, uh, cost of living expenses. You know, food, gas on the road and couldn't even tell you what I made from week to week. Never saw the check. They're not just a sponsor. I am a customer of Factor Home Delivery Meals. Go to factormeals.com slash wade50 to get 50% off your first box of chef-prepared meals. Never frozen, but there's no prep work. Just Pop them in the microwave, and three minutes later, you have a meal. No tip, no waiting for delivery, no greasy food. Great ingredients, great flavor, great selection for all kinds of diets. Highly recommended. Go check it out. Factormeals.com slash Wade50.
that's such an interesting story and such a dichotomy <laughs> from what Wade and I, you know, have heard over the years with with various wrestlers. That, that's awesome. That's that's not what I was expecting, and um, you know, trying to figure out just you know what the most popular part, parts of your career were. But and, but that's a great that, that's great that you handled it that way. Uh, let me get another email question. This is also from a, a, a Pro Wrestling Torch subscriber for the last 22 years, Brian Alston of Phoenix, Arizona. Always good to hear from Brian. He says, Nikita Koloff, who came up with the idea for you to give the Russian sickle to David Crockett in 1985? Back oh, yeah. then, for the most part, interviewers, and especially civilians like David, did not get physically attacked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, the, the kind of the thought process behind that was David Crockett and Ric Flair were in the plane crash together, for those who are real wrestling history buffs. Uh, so they became, they're, of course, very, very good friends. And, uh, and we were building this angle. It's one of the very, again, a very unique story where, where we built a whole entire angle that drew 30. And, I, and we didn't just, it wasn't just us. There was a whole wrestling card there. But, uh, of course, we were the main event for the Great American Bash. So it was a lot that went into it. It wasn't just us. But all that said, we built this big angle for this very first match ever uh, that he and I would confront one another and thought, what what would be something that could really set the tone for this whole thing? And uh, we thought, you know, David Crockett kind of has a smart aleck mouth anyway. And and what what better uh, adding to the angle than 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 uh, laying him flat out with a, with a Russian sickle and being Flair's best friend and really instigating or spurring Flair on then to go ahead and, quote, sign the contract because now he's got a personal vendetta against me. And uh, so that's what that was kind of the thought process behind that. Um, that's a, that's a, what was it like hitting, you know, turning around early in your career and and getting physical with someone who was part of the management team, someone who was your boss and was not a wrestler. Well, he had been, actually he had been years ago, but for a very brief time. Yeah. Well, uh, the, well, all the guys in the dressing room loved it. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I know some fans that loved it too. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, he he kind of rooted he rooted on the good guys a little much for some of us, but yeah, um, that was uh, exactly. It was it was. Uh, I think I almost that was almost a precursor to my my becoming a babyface was hitting David Crockett. You know, <laughs> <laughs> everyone was like, "Yeah, Nikita, I love that guy now." You know, but. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it uh, again, you know, just uh, like you said, it wasn't something that was typically done. So, uh, by in 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 Nikita Koloff fashion, you know, I did a lot of things that weren't typically done, as you're learning tonight, and that was one of them. Uh, one more quick email question. And, and, and wait, let, let me throw in one little, yeah, one little of course, Chris. Yeah, small note. Um, a few years before, or years before that. Um, um, David Crockett got attacked by Greg Valentine and Ray Stevens, very similar way. So I mean, you know, there are people who got fed up with him, and as far as you know, building a program with with Ricky Steamboat. So that one, yeah, that was part of it too. So gotcha. We uh, the chat room I was asking about this and some emails, and forgive me if I got it uh, the question mixed up with with uh, some of the details you gave in your answer earlier. But uh, Jeff Farrell of East Bethel, Minnesota. Uh, emailed and asked if it was true that Vince McMahon went so far as to offer you a guaranteed run with the Intercontinental title if you jumped to the WWF at that time? No. Okay. 
yeah, I think that's one of the uh, one of the stories that got out over time um, that is worth addressing and, and knocking down. Um, I, I, one of the final questions I have for you, uh, Nikita, is uh, working with Ric Flair. And, and as a as a, I like to take especially VIP members kind of behind the scenes and uh, in terms of how when, whenever a wrestler is willing to talk about it openly about what it's like to. Uh, to be a wrestler planning out a match or working a match in the ring, and, and what makes a good wrestler different than an average wrestler. Ric Flair regard, was regarded uh, by just about everybody he's been in the ring with, um, a few, few exceptions here and there over the, over the years, uh, but mostly everybody regards him as just uh, such a pleasure to work with, so easy uh, if you were young and green like you were in the business uh, to lead you to a good match. As, as best as you can, explain what it's like to work with Ric Flair, both in terms of planning a match ahead of time, in as much as you did, and working with him in the ring, and what made him different and better than almost everybody else you worked with when it comes to having a good match. What, try, to, try to communicate to, to listeners who don't understand what it is that made Ric Flair special, what made him so special from somebody who was in the ring with him and, and is one of the most famous people who has led to good matches. That's an easy answer. There, we we didn't plan any match. We didn't plan the match. That's what made. That's what separated him and made him made him so good. Yeah. Is we the the outcome was predetermined. But regardless of whether I was wrestling him for thirty minutes or sixty minutes or anywhere in between, um, the the business has changed in the in the degree of in those days you got a predetermined outcome and those who were average in the business or versus those who excelled in the business were the ones who developed the psychology of the business, meaning telling a story spontaneously in the ring leading into the outcome that would make sense. And that's what he was good at, and that's what he could do. So uh, we, we, we didn't sit down and plan out every every step move in, 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 of, of the match. We, we had a predetermined outcome. In fact, in that era, many times you were an opposite end of the building. You never even saw each other until you got in the ring. And uh, that's what separated the consummate professional from, from those who you might say were, were uh, op- you know, opening match or, or, or middle of the card versus main event and wearing a belt around their waist. Now, today's era, totally different. Of course, they got story writers, script writers writing their interviews, writing their matches, and they walk walk through the whole thing and taking that that what I call that art of the business away from the business. But that's what made him who he was. Uh, and and when you're in the ring with Ric Flair, it, 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 the way he leads you is it just like? And I don't even I, I don't know a lot about ballroom dancing, but I've heard that analogy used that. If if, uh, if you're ballroom dancing and you're a woman and the man is leading and he knows what he's doing, it's almost you'd almost say you don't even need to know how to dance in order to just kind of follow his lead. Did Rick again? Is there a way to kind of put into into uh, translate the language of the ring to conveying it to people who really study this business and want to know what to look for and what makes people great? Was there something when Rick Flair was in the ring where you just kind of almost let go and just went with the flow and he was able to just lead you into the place you needed to be? Let me tell you the word that immediately comes to mind when you ask the question. It was effortless. Yeah. yeah. It was effortless, and it was absolutely just like just like a dance. We were we were composite of many things: stuntmen, actors, psychologists, 
dancers. Uh, I, I mean, we, we were uh, a good a, a good one was a consonant of all those things and more, and that's why you excelled. It was effortless to wrestle him. At least it was for me. And, and who came closest to Ric Flair, who you were in the ring with, when it comes to that effortlessness and, and ease of, of having a match that you were proud of? Ricky, Steen, Ricky Steamboat. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that, that would have been the, uh, the, the other guy who was so respected in the 80s. Was there, is there a third, fourth, and fifth person who are even in their league, or was there kind of a drop-off after those two? Uh, I mean, you know what? I didn't have... I didn't have a, a, a real challenge with. I mean, Magnum and I had good chemistry, you know, and 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 so you know, as far as that goes, and and um, I'm sure there's others that that uh, aren't coming to mind right now. That if I gave it some thought, uh, yeah. Uh, how again, about Tully? How about Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson? Tully, Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson. I mean, you know, these guys, uh, these guys who were were great at their craft and and good at what they did and and just made it so easy and and so I had so I had I had so much fun doing that. Uh, Barry Windham, Terry Taylor, Mike Rotunda, a few other names. I don't know if you had a ton of matches with them compared to the others, but those would probably be some of the other wrestlers who would be regarded as as world class workers at that time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I have one short indulgence question for you because I made the treks from Minneapolis to Rochester to see those uh, AWA TV tapings in Rochester, and you, you went to, I don't know how many of them you went to. It didn't seem like all that many. But do you, as a, as a fan growing up with AWA, as, as I think you did too um, uh, during that AWA era, in those latter days at the AWA, and you made an, a, a, a few, had a few matches with them, any AWA memories stand out? <laughs> Um, well, and again, I, I, I didn't grow up dreaming of being a wrestler. Didn't didn't watch a whole lot of it. Although flipping through the channels on on, on the weekend, certainly caught some. Yeah. Um, the closest thing I, I could say comes probably of no surprise to you was in college when I started working out at Jesse the Body Ventura's gym mm-hmm. and uh, befriended Jesse and and then would maybe try to capture him on the show from time to time if I wasn't doing anything else. Went to one very live match at the St. Paul Civic Center, which, uh, a quick funny story there, um, it was a deadlift match against Paul, Precious Paul Ellering, Jesse Ventura against Precious. They were having a deadlifting competition in the ring. And it was at that time that I first figured out, huh, I think either the announcer's not adding up the weight right, or <laughs> there is a skew. And, and the funniest awesome. part of that story is there's like 18,000 people in the St. Paul Civic Center, 25 of us muscleheads from Robbinsdale, and we were like the only Ventura fans in the entire arena. And I'll never forget, this was my first uh, introduction to how serious in that t- at that time fans were about the business, too. I'll never forget, the matches were over, we were leaving the arena, waiting for an elevator, and I'll bet you this woman had to be 80 years old, true story, she walked by, and I, I just happened to glance at her, she glanced at us, she stopped, you can picture this, and she looked at us, and she goes, you, you're those Jesse Ventura fans, ah. she goes, you're those Jesse Ventura fans, she goes, if I had a nice I stick it in his gut, and I stick it in every one of yours too. And I just went, 
Well, I looked at my friends and went, wow, they get kind of serious about this stuff, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> that was my first introduction to a live wrestling event. Uh, and it was what, year, what year was that? Uh, 19, I want to say 19, either 1978 or 79. Okay. Yeah. So that, Bruce, that predates you, uh, being a, a fan of the heels. So it does, Bruce, and, you know, and, and yeah. Nikita, it's worth saying that I'm, I'm either right at your age or older. So yeah, that, but that does. Yeah. 54 yeah. years young. 53. Okay. You got me beat. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! Very cool. Um, uh, Bruce, do you have any, any final topic you want to ask before we wrap up here? Yeah, just got um, five minutes left, guys. Okay, okay. what will you use? I, I, All right. <laughs> two things. A quick, a quick update um, since you, you, you're talking to and spending time with Lex Luger. A quick update on Lex Luger. And then maybe just talk about how your health is at this point in your life. Okay. Uh, Lex is doing tremendous. Um, I've had the privilege of, of mentoring and, and, and discipling him in his walk with Christ since uh, April 23rd, 2006 when he surrendered his heart, and he has gone through some major physical, for those who may or may not know, he had a, a very yeah. freak spinal cord injury. Uh, I can't go into all the details tonight, but it left him uh, initially paralyzed from the neck down. He now has regained a lot of his mobility, although he still uh, struggles uh, physically, but uh, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, he's, he's, doing, he's off the chain, off the charts. He's doing tremendous and it's, it's just been fun to tag team with him, uh, doing a lot of ministry over the years, as well as, as I mentioned earlier, the health and wellness. We do a lot of health symposiums with the Vima Nutrition Company and et cetera. Um, and uh, so he's doing well. Uh, my own health, uh, I feel very, very, very fortunate. Uh, and part of the reason, I'm sure, is because I did leave at, at a very young age, uh, the wrestling industry, I, you know, I still suffer from a, a, a tweak uh, here and there, you know, neck, uh, neck injury from, you know, the, what they determined from that neck injury with Van Vader was at 33 years of age, I had the neck of a 55-year-old man with bone spurring arthritis and, and a deteriorating disc from all those fake pile drivers, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so, but with all that said, um, I, I've maintained some really, really good health, um, I, uh, I've, I've trimmed down, sh- uh, shredded down uh, to uh, actually what I weighed as a freshman, 18-year-old freshman in college. Uh, I have uh, leaned myself down to, and I feel that if I'm going to promote health and wellness, that I can't just, uh, I, I can't be some big overweight guy and promote health and wellness. I've got to be, I've, I've got to walk the talk. No different than the gospel. I can't promote Jesus and then not live it. I've got to live it if I'm going to if I'm going to preach it. And the same with health and wellness. So I feel very very fortunate uh, 
to uh, to have uh, the the physical health that I do, as well as uh, every aspect, every other aspect of my life. I, I'm a blessed man. I'm doing the same thing right now, Nikita. Trying to get down to my uh, to my uh, early college, late high school weight. Trying to drop some of those extra pounds. Le- Lex and I can help you with that. Call me later. <laughs> Very good. And uh, actually, uh, speaking of Lex, uh, um, maybe we can, uh, uh, and I can edit this out too. Uh, but if you have a way for me to reach out to Lex, he's another person that I have not interviewed. Um, that, that I'd really like to, and maybe you could uh, help connect me with him and maybe even let him know if you've had a good experience on the show here, uh, convey that to him and maybe help him get in touch with us. Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll run that by him, and uh, I think he'd be open to that. You guys have been uh, been tremendous, and, again, I, I appreciate you uh, allowing me to come on tonight and, and just share everything, everything from our nutrition and, and health and wellness to, to the preacher's daughter to – you know, reminiscing about some wrestling stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are, have been awesome. Thank you. I, I couldn't find this question on email, but I know somebody asked it, and it's, it's, it's just a funny question, and I'm, it's a very short answer. When you were doing the Russian uh, nightmare gimmick, did anybody who spoke Russian come up to you after the matches and try to talk to you in Russian? And if so, how did you deal with that? I got plenty of Russian English dictionaries still up in the attic because they wanted me to speak English so bad. Mm-hmm. And I had one, one, one. Uh, I've had a number over the years, um, but one, one altercation at the grocery store in Charlotte uh, by a young man who was bad, who was working at the grocery store. He started speaking fluent Russian. It was after I started speaking my broken English, and I was picking up some fruit, and he sp- spoke fluent <laughs> Russian. And I looked at him. I went, "Hey, we in America now." We speak English. Anyway. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so glad I asked that question. That might be one of my favorite answers on the show. That is fantastic, Nikita. <laughs> that is a great comeback. It worked, did it, and it worked. He was like, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, he went, okay. <laughs> that is great. Anyway. Very good. Well, first of all, th- oh, thanks for your generous time. Um, it- it's great talking to uh, to you. I think we had two good people interviewing you in the sense that uh, Bruce watched your career from the front row during its peak years, and uh, I've got the Minnesota roots, so it gave us uh, two fun perspectives to come at you from, and uh, mm-hmm. you were great. Uh, some great anecdotes, and it- it's great to hear that you're doing so well, and, and uh, yeah, I agree. It was a real fun uh, couple hours here talking to you about uh, your wrestling career and what you're up to now with uh, the Preacher's Daughters on Lifetime, and the books you've written and the nutrition and all that. So I had a blast, and I, I sense that Bruce did too. So um, thank you very much. Guys, thank you. And uh, to all the listeners out there, let me just say uh, from the VIPs to whoever else might might hear this broadcast, uh, I just, just thank you. Thank you for supporting me over the years, uh, in my, whether it was in my active wrestling career or even post-wrestling uh, just a heartfelt thank you for all the support and all the love uh, that you have shown towards me and and uh, continued support. And look forward to perhaps coming to your town and to your, to your market one day, whether it be through preaching or health and wellness or the preacher's daughter or whatever it is, uh, coming in uh, to, to your market and hopefully an opportunity maybe to meet you in person, take a picture, sign an autograph, or however I can best get back to you. For uh, as a way of saying thank you for all your support uh, of me. So, Bruce, thank you. Wade, thank you as well. Very, very good. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, and Nikita, I'll edit this part out, but uh, do you have a way to reach out to me regarding Lex, or do you have an email address or the best way to reach out to you as far as that goes? Whatever's easiest for you. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll get back to you. I'll find out from him how what he wants me to, uh, what he wants me to give you to, to reach him, okay? Yeah, absolutely. 
And so uh, you can reach out to me through, uh, through the uh, person I've been dealing with setting up your interview? Um, or would you rather have me give you my email? or? You know what? Just uh, email me at Nikita at NikitaKoloff.com. Nikita at NikitaKoloff.com. That is uh, very yep. easy. All right. Very good. I will do that. Uh, thanks again. All right, guys. You bet. Ha- have a good uh, weekend. All right, guys. Have a wonderful weekend. Bless you. Thank you. Hey everyone, PW Torch Assistant Editor Zach Haydorn here to remind you to pick up a copy of my new book. It's called Stunning, The Wrestling Artistry of Steve Austin. The project takes a long look at Austin as an artist in the wrestling ring. Analysis starts from his early days in the USWA and then wraps up with his match at WrestleMania 38 against Kevin Owens, all with analysis on what worked and how his art worked to connect with fans. The book is available for pre-order right now from the team that brought you the Shamrock Biography Hybrid Shoot. Pre-order copies are discounted, and you can get all the details on my Twitter page right now. It's at Torch. Again, it's at Torch to pre-order stunning the wrestling artistry of Steve Austin. This spring, you need nutritious, convenient meals to energize you for warmer, active days and to keep you on track reaching your goals. You don't want to be waiting around for food delivery or cooking when you can be out biking, hiking, playing tennis like me, playing pickleball. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and tackle everything on your to-do list. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then get back to the outside and soak up the warmer weather. Looking for calorie-conscious options this spring? Try delicious, dietitian-approved calorie-smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Because of the nutrient density of Factor's meals, you'll feel full and you'll have energy. You can pick vegan options, veggie options, keto, calorie-smart, protein plus, many different options. You customize what gets delivered to your front door. Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long while meeting your goals. There's also a bunch of add-ons such as smoothies and desserts and delicious side dishes. Do you want to cut back on takeout and put better food, frankly, in your body? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable energy for their production sites, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. So head to factormeals.com slash wade50. That's factormeals.com slash 50 and use code wade50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code wade50 at factormeals.com slash wade50 to get 50% off your first box. Give yourself a reason to look forward to going to the mailbox each week with a PW Torch newsletter paper copy subscription. Details at pwtorch.com slash paper copy. It's 12 pages every week packed with my TV reports along with exclusive features such as my cover story on the top story of the week, our pay-per-view roundtable reviews from the Torch staff, exclusive feature-length columns from Greg Parks, Rich Fan, Sean Radikin, Alan Cunahan, and Zach Hadorn, Torch Talk transcripts, the latest news, and more. pwtorch.com slash paper copy. 
take a break from screen time and settle in every week with a mega dose of wrestling news and analysis with a Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter paper copy edition in the year 2022. You can get a full year of home delivery for just $99. Or try us for an eight-week trial subscription. pwtorch.com slash papercopy. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan shocked the world and formed the New World Order? Or when Stone Cold Steve Austin passed down the sharpshooter to Bret the Hitman Hart? I'm Torch contributor Frank Pettiani, and I've reviewed these shows and many more for my exclusive VIP podcast, Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back 10, 20, even 30 years, review pay-per-views from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what took place then to what what is taking place now. You get exclusive access to these and other podcasts as part of your PW Torch VIP membership, which is compatible with the Apple Podcasts app. Visit pwtorch.com slash govip for details and sign up for them. With some podcast memberships, there's a complicated system of having to enter a username and password in advanced settings, and it works on some apps but not others. That's not the case with PW Torch VIP membership. We now have a slick setup where you're a single click away when you go VIP from having your podcast feed automatically generated on Apple Podcasts. All you need is an authorized VIP membership as soon as you sign up on our express sign-up form, which takes about a minute. You'll get a link and you click on it and it opens Apple Podcasts and subscribes. No entering anything, no advanced settings. You can also subscribe on more podcast apps than ever other than Apple Podcasts, including Beyond Pod and Dogcatcher on Android and many others on iPhones and iOS. So VIP membership, it's more convenient than you realize. Get all the benefits of VIP membership, all the VIP exclusive podcasts and these shows with the ads and plugs removed with a VIP membership pwtorch.com slash go VIP. It's quick, it's easy, it's convenient, and we think it's worth it. pwtorch.com slash go VIP. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Every Sunday night, catch Wrestling Night in America on PWTorchDailyCast.com, hosted by me, PW Torch columnist Greg Parks. Each week, I'll welcome a co-host from the Torch family to discuss the big shows in pro wrestling, taking your calls and emails. You can listen live most weeks beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern. 
On Sunday nights with a WWE or Impact pay-per-view, we go on the air at the conclusion of that pay-per-view. You can listen live, but of course the full show is available for download on demand anytime shortly after it airs. Visit PWTorchDailyCast.com and click the live stream link to find the next scheduled live show link. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Wrestling Night in America every Sunday, PWTorchDailyCast.com. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? PWTorch.com. Daily news updates, editorials, and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown. And my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark. Make it a daily stop. Visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's PWTorch.com. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. There is a free show every week. So subscribe even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, Everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe. Or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcast? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at PW Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the U.S., Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, 
and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the ProRest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Longing for some nostalgia? Or maybe you want to learn some wrestling history? Don't miss the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Alex and Patrick will transport you 30 years into the past by taking you through the Torch issue from that very week. Follow news from the WWF and WCW and all the happenings from across the wrestling industry in real time as the Torch reported it 30 years ago. That's the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan shocked the world and formed the New World Order? Or when Stone Cold Steve Austin passed down in the sharpshooter to Bret the Hitman Hart? I'm Torch contributor Frank Pettiani, and I've reviewed these shows and many more for my exclusive VIP podcast, Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back 10, 20, even 30 years, review pay-per-views from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what took place then to what is taking place now you get exclusive access to these and other podcasts as part of your pw torch vip membership which is compatible with the apple podcast app visit pwtorch.com slash go vip for details and sign up for them